Warning, if you are faint of heart or easily offended, this show is not for you. Welcome to the Nick Vertucci Show. I'm very excited. We are in the presence of greatness. Mr. Nick Vertucci. Wow. Gosh, finally she got something right. Welcome to the Nick Vertucci Show. I am Nick Vertucci with Valerie Brill and Little Rip, Ryan Feldman. Let's go. Well, look at who we have here. We have been waiting wow. a long time for you. I thought I would never get an invite. What do you mean? You're our number one. You are a number one guest. Oh. Mother love you very much. Even no, our, before Garrett? <laughs> you know what? I think that our comments on YouTube and Twitter, everyone's asking for you. Mm, You're a big deal. Number one big shoot. I mean, you own. Is that your Russian accent? This is <laughs> Polish. She's Polish. Russian, they border you know? Russia. We're good. Russia took us over a few times, so you know. Yeah. But uh, we're very excited to have you. you. You're one of the owners of Hustler Casino Live, one of the biggest poker TV show in the world. I'm just going to say it. It's true. No, it's true. Um, and a lot of that is because of you, your perseverance, your struggles with Live at the Bike, and how that led to you leaving, which led to this. So I think we're all very curious about who you are and what led to this amazing show. So let's backtrack a little bit. Sure. Let's talk about <laughs> you being on Live at the Bike. Mm -hmm. What? How did you become an owner? And how did you get involved with Live at the Bike? Um, well, I moved out to LA because I worked at ESPN and I uh, transferred out to the LA studio. So I moved out here, I started playing more poker, I eventually got involved with their show. I came across it just playing at the bike. You know, I played on their show a couple times. And you were hosting uh, games, weren't you? Yeah, so for, first I, I played a couple times and then eventually I asked them, you know, back then they weren't a, that big of a deal. They were, you know, like five, five games and five, 10 games. And I, when I was younger, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. That's what I wanted to do when I was a kid. I went to college for uh, communications, um, broadcasting. That's what my degree is in. And when I got out of college, I tried to go into that sports media route. Um, and eventually it led to me working at ESPN in production as a researcher. So not on air, but working with on air people. So I didn't quite end up, uh, at that, but I, you know, got to work at ESPN, which is still a dream. Right. So when I moved to LA and then I got more into poker. I had been into poker, uh, you know, playing over the years and I got more into it living in LA because the casinos were closer to me. And I had some friends who, from the East Coast who I knew through poker that moved out to LA and we got a house together and I lived with all these poker players all of a sudden. And so now I'm like in that lifestyle and I'm the one working and they're the ones all playing. So I got a little jealous of them being able to play all the time. Um, and then. I, when I started playing a couple times in Live at the Bike, I'm like, wow, this would be cool to, to commentate for them. So one time I just offered them, I was like, hey, if you ever need a commentator, I would love to do it. You know, I think I'd be good at it. So I did it a couple times and uh, eventually I decided to leave ESPN because of a bunch of different reasons, but I just wasn't excited about it anymore. I got more corporate. Um, I also was just more into poker. 
And so I was just like, you know what? I'm getting older. Like, if I don't take this chance, when can I ever try to do it? And it was a big risk. And I was like scared to tell my parents at first. And, but, you know, eventually I did. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't remember how old I was at that time. I guess I was, this was 2016. So I was, uh, yeah, I was, I guess, 31 at that time. And Live of the Bike was running at that time. It's, it's a long standing show. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. Um, but it was, I would say it was more of like a local thing and community thing as opposed to like a national, international big deal. I was watching from Canada back in the day when Dave Tuckman yeah. and Bart Hansen were And people were watched doing it. Commentary. The hardcore poker yeah. fans did watch. I'm not saying, you know, but I'm just saying it, it was it more as, of like a, as big. a community, a Twitch thing. And, you know, it, it was about 5'5", five, 5'10". Five, five, it wasn't like about celebrities or big names or anything like that. Right. right? Um, so... Now I'm like, okay, I get to do some broadcasting. I get to play, you know, this is fun, right? So then eventually I left ESPN because I just wanted to try poker. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, let me see if I can make it as a poker player, right? If I don't try this now, when can I ever do it? And um, worst case, I just go back to, you know, some other sports uh, company, Fox Sports or whatever. I'll get a job somewhere. I have a great resume. I worked at ESPN, right? I have connections. So I tried it for a few months, played poker, didn't do well. Um, And... After a few months, I was trying to figure out what, what do I want to do now because now I'm like struggling with money and, you know, I don't know if I can make it in poker and, and now I'm like, I was a little depressed actually for a little bit. I'm like, what do I do now? Like, I need to figure this out. Like, man, I left ESPN. I don't want to regret it, but, you know, I just, I'm in this weird bind right now. So then all of a sudden something happened and it was like destiny. Nicole, who was one of the owners of Live of the Bike, she was the producer um, all of a sudden I see something on Twitter, I believe it was, or she posts that she's leaving because of family reasons. She just didn't want to do it anymore. She didn't want to. Nicole and Lyman were staples as commentary, yes. a commentary duo on Live at the Bike. Yeah. And she, she did all the organizing. And, and so the owners at that time were her, I believe it was her, Lyman, Brian, and Evelyn. So I think it was four of them. And so when, when I saw that she was leaving, I'm like, a light bulb just went off. I'm like, man, this would be the perfect job for me. Oh my God, I need a job right now. I can combine poker and production. Like I wanna be in poker, but I love the idea of TV production and I love organizing. Um, you know, I'm an ideas person. I love just organizing things and putting things together. And I'm like, this would be perfect. I know a lot of poker players in LA. I just become friendly with a lot of people and I'm like, I really feel like I could help them get, I have so many ideas and I started thinking about ideas. I'm like, I feel like I can help them get better. I feel like I can put together some bigger games. Like why do they not have 25, 50, 50, 100 games, right? Like they did it once the year before. And I'm just like, why do they never do this? Like, this is what they need to really catch on to get more views. So I approached them. I set up a meeting with the owners and I said, Hey, I know Nicole who, left. Who were the who were the owners uh, at the time? Uh, Evelyn, Brian, Lyman. So I, I met with Evelyn. I think the first time I just met with Evelyn, or maybe it was Evelyn and Brian. I don't remember. And I'm like, these are my ideas. I think I can really help. Like, I don't know how this works. I didn't know first how it worked. I didn't know if that you had to be an owner to do this or what. I'm like, look, I don't know how it works. I want Nicole's job. You know, I can help. And I gave him a bunch of ideas, and I proposed some things, and I said, hey, um, like, let me just give me a chance. Let me produce a couple shows like bigger games and I'll just show that I can do it. And so they got back to me after a bit and they're like, you know what? We're going to give you a chance. These are two dates. You do it. Prove to us that you can do this. So I did it and it was, we did back to back days. We did a, a 25, I think it was a 25, 50 no limit. And then a 25, 50 PLO. 
2550 No Limit was a great success. I think the first show we had, I think it was Alex Torelli and Ryan Fee, I believe it was so long ago, I can't remember. Um, and then the next day, the PLO wasn't so good. It was just like a bunch of pros. And um, But it was still like really cool because they never got big games. And so after that, um, they came back to me a little while later and they're like, all right, we're gonna give you a chance to just plan the games. Like we wanna hire you to just like organize the games and um, put the games together for us. So I did that for like, all I was doing was just organizing games. I was just the guy I was just like starting And commentary the too? Um, I don't remember. If, yeah, I think I started doing some commentary right away, but I don't remember. Um, but my main role was just organizing the games, contacting players, putting lineups together every day. And I think they did, I want to say three days a week back then. So yeah, it was definitely three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, yes. Thursday. Yes. So I did that for like a month or so. And then that was in December of 2016. And then January came and some point in January, they got back to me. Oh, and before they got back to me, before I was an owner, when all I was was just like, they were paying me some nominal amount to like just organize the games. Right away, I was like, I want to prove to them that, um, that I want this. And I want to prove to them that I am the perfect fit for this and they need to hire me. So two things I did. One, right away, um, before I even started taking on the role, I became a prop at the bike because I was like, I want to be at the bike every day to meet players and to prove to them that I want to be here every day that I'm serious. The only prop jobs they offered was Limit Hold'em. I like never played Limit Hold'em before. But I, and I was like low on money at that time, but I was like, screw it, I'm just gonna do it anyway. I'll figure it out. I got hired as a 4080 Limit Hold'em, which is not small, that's like five, that's like 1020, no limit, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I, it was a 4080. And you have no money. Yeah, I, I don't know, I probably like 30K or something. And I'm like, I'm playing 4080 Limit Hold'em and uh, I, the first month I just got crushed. Like I couldn't win. The second month I started figuring things out. I started like learning, studying a little bit and I, and I started winning. But I did that and I got to play, I just said, hey, can I play No Limit when, the, when I, you know, when I get picked up or when the game's not running? So I would play 4080 or 2040 and then um, whenever I could, I would jump into the 5.5 or 5.10. So I would, I was there, excuse me, I was there like eight to 10 hours a day, just propping, playing, meeting players for games. So I did that for a month or a month and a half. And then in January, they came back to me finally and, and uh, gave me the job. And by the way, sorry, the other thing I did before that was I right away was like, I need to make a splash. So I reached out to Doug Polk and I said, uh, he had just been starting to blow up. This was like the beginning of him. He was like a few months into upswing, I believe. He was, made a big name for himself, but I don't think he was ever on a stream at that point. And I said, hey, like, would you wanna come and play on Live at the Bike? Let's, we'll put a whole week together. And I just had this idea. I didn't even run it by them at first. I just said, I have this idea. I'm going to go to him and see what he thinks. I think it, it happened because uh, Ryan Fee played in, I had met Ryan Fee through somebody. And Ryan Fee played in the first game I organized, okay? When he was playing in that game, Doug Polk was in the chat because Ryan Fee is his boy, right? They do upswing mm -hmm. together. I saw Doug Polk in the chat. And and I'm like, oh man, this is this is cool. I got to reach out to him. Like, let's get him on the show. So I reached out to him afterwards, and he's like, oh yeah, this was this show was really cool. Like, and I'm like, would you come out here and do a week? We'll plan it around you. We can do high six games. We can do a heads up thing with, and we can do like a meet and greet, like whatever you want. We'll market upswing for you. Like, let's make it a big deal. It's called Doug Poke Week. He's like, I'm in. So I told them, hey, I did this before I even became an owner. I said, look, this is what I did. So then when I 
you know, right after that, sometime in January, they came back to me and said, okay, we believe that you, you know, will be able to help us. Like, we want to offer you ownership. So I had to pay some small amount to Nicole to become an owner, to take over her equity. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I became the producer and that's kind of how it started. So that, that happened and became official in January, 2017. Doug Polk week was scheduled for, I think the second week of February, uh, 2017. And then once we, uh, yeah, once we, Doug Polk week happened, I think everything just kind what did, of What did the place. numbers go from when, roughly, from when you started, or stats, from when you started that process to when you walked away? So I remember before I started, I remember, to my knowledge, their most views they ever had, as far as I knew, was 1,500 concurrent. And we were only doing Twitch at the time. Um, now it could have been more at some point, but I, I just remember from my knowledge, I remember them saying 1500 was the most they ever had. And it, I think it was some Instagram game we did. And then, um, I don't remember the numbers, Doug Polk week, but I want to say we had, yeah, actually I, I, I believe we had like four or 5,000 most of the days that week. I just, I vividly remember it being yeah. like 4,800, 5,200, like three days in a row. And they had never had 1500 before that. Um, and even in that, um, in those 2550 games, we did a few of them before Doug Polk week. And I think we were getting like 2000 or 2500. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. I remember after that, you know, those next few months, um, we were getting at least 1500 concurrent every mid stakes game. And then we were getting, if we did something smaller, like a 5.5 five or a PLO, maybe it was it was less, like a 1,000 or less. But any like 5.10, um, eventually we created the 5.5 five, 100 or 5.5.50 any game or five whatever we called it back then. Um, those were getting like 1,500 minimum peak concurrent, um, usually 2,000 plus within a few months. And then the Friday games were all getting, I think they were getting like 3,000 plus at the beginning. So I, And then when I left... The most we had, I believe, was eleven, either eleven thousand or thirteen thousand, somewhere in that range. And like the for, million dollar for the second one, one with Oscar, yeah. yeah. So I, I find your story quite interesting because I, it's like a butterfly effect. If you had done really great in poker that that first while that you started playing poker, I feel like maybe none of this would have happened. Hustler mm -hmm. wouldn't have happened because you're like, yeah, I'm broke. I have to figure something out. Yeah, I wonder no, if you're I, I actually don't think so though because even though I tried it and I played poker for a bit, the fact that this came up. And it was it was the perfect opportunity because I loved poker at the time, and I mean I think no matter what I, if I went on a 200k upswing at that time I don't think it would have mattered. The fact that this came up I would have grabbed that opportunity because, you know I've always had a passion for just creating things and um, being a part of things and and production, and you know when I was at ESPN, yeah it was just really. You wanted to pivot more into poker than just playing yeah. poker because yeah, yeah, you it loved was, it so much. Well, I didn't know there was another opportunity besides play, like right. Well, now when I like I commentated on live at the beginning because I thought that was super cool. Like, oh, I'm commentating on a show. I just thought the idea of a poker production once I came across it was just really cool. It just combined my two passions, which is poker and broadcasting and production. So, yeah, I think that no matter what, um, because you can you can run a show and you can still play, right? Yeah. Like I was going in there. And I was playing a bunch of hours, organizing the games on the side. The game starts running. 
you know, at that time I wasn't involved in the control room. I wasn't doing anything in the control room. I wasn't directing or anything like that. So I just organized the games. I got the lineups together. I got the players there. I did the social media, the marketing, all that stuff. And then once the show started, I was just hanging out playing poker in the poker room while the game was going on. Or I would like hang out uh, near the table just to be there if they needed anything or whatever, if Nick wanted Splenda or something. But uh. so, so I'm curious um, when your, your ideas became too big for Live of the Bike, like when did you start feeling frustrated and, and like considering Hustler or considering something else? Um, can, can I ask it this way too? Because I know how to lead him there Valerie and then he's going to answer the same question but let me just ask it this way and it's the same thing but a little like a little bit of mansplaining a little, a little here. side of yeah. sour cream okay <laughs> so so take just as is as you can take us through the evolution of you becoming that partner bringing it you know as far as where it's going and then where did the rocky road start when did they become mountains and then when did it when was the decision to like and what, why, when was the decision and to say, I'm going this direction? Did he ask it better or did I? Because I think my question was better. But it was the same question. No comment. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't want to hurt your on feelings. On the question, not the actual question. <laughs> yeah. um, no, so the first year was awesome. Like, we went from when I, it was a new thing. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys have things where you can relate. Like, you get into a new project and you start doing well and it you love it right it's a passion you're like this is so much fun i don't care what the money is or whatever like this is just fun look at the results right yeah the beginning is always you love the art of it you love the process of producing and get, right. getting a show together no and, i do but what i'm saying is just in general in any project you're so excited yeah. about is that the beginning new. is always like the best yeah. part yeah. right like when i worked at espn the the first year I would like personal relationships. I didn't do too. anything else. Like I was fanboying. I'm like, wow, look, there's Jerry Rice. There's this person, like Snoop Dogg. Like, wow, look at ESPN. It's so cool to work here, yeah. right? You, I go home and I'm just like doing nothing else but thinking about ideas. Like, I want to keep working hard and get that good rating and show them that I'm. And this is fun. Like, I want to be at work every minute of the day, right? But then by the third year, you're just like, ah, this is just a job. You know, yeah. like, what do I do next? You know, how do I? Like if you don't find a way to just move up the ladder, it, it changes, right? So that first year at Live of the Bike was so much fun, right? Like I took over as a new thing. It's like a new, um, it's a challenge. New, it's a, yeah, it's a new challenge. It's like a, a new field that I'm in. Um, I'm, I felt like in charge, you know? I mean, I, I kind of like, like being in charge of things, right? Um, especially if it's something I feel that I'm, doing well at yeah. and I felt like we were doing well that first year I mean I knew what they were at before and now I see these new things I brought in I added in a, uh, a Friday game and I just committed to it and did I said, you like the paywall that they had no but I mean that at the beginning I didn't think too much of it because that's just what it was yeah. right I, I it took me a while before I was like wait let's do this let's do that let's make changes which obviously were hard to, to do but we'll get to that um but that first year I was like I, I came up with you know an Annie game at some point I came up with like a Friday game and that was like a big thing like I'm gonna commit to promising that I'm gonna find a way to get a 2550 or a bigger game every single Friday I think that was like April 2017 we started that and it was like a challenge because if I commit to that and then it doesn't happen then I look bad right so I was like I'm gonna do it right and then a few months later we get Garrett we get Nick all of a sudden we have a game every day or every Friday right thanks to Nick 
and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's how you met him yeah i had met him at uh yeah real quick I, I had met nick at commerce um just playing with him a couple times in 2016 i guess mm-hmm. and then uh you know we just knew each other from that a little bit and then i think i ran into him at the world series in 2017 he doesn't remember how we this came up, but I have I, no idea. I believe I ran. I remember vividly running into him in 2017 at the World Series. He was like putting his name on the board for cash games at the Rio, you know, in the in the cash game room there. And I'm like, oh hey Nick, you remember me? You know, whatever. We start talking. We exchange inf- information. I think maybe I told him about the show at that point. And then I think after the World Series, we started talking, and um, he wanted. He I think I think then he reached back out to me, and he's like, hey, I would like to play your show. I think Garrett said he told me to play it and then told you to get this guy, Nick. Yeah, that, that's probably what happened. But I remember like you like either like we met at the World Series. We talked and then you like emailed me or sent like the form on the website. And I was like, oh, Nick, like, yeah. Hey, what's up? I don't remember that. Yeah, I do. I, I think I do remember that because, okay. you know, Garrett's like, I need this guy in my game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. He still does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's how we met or that's how we um, started becoming friends and how he got in the show. But um Anyway, so yeah, that first year was so much fun. Uh, we did Doug Polk Week. We did it, I think, again later that year in November. Um, we were really like making a name for ourselves that first year. I remember going to the World Series that year, and then um, everyone just being like, "Oh, like you know, the show is great." You know, like I love that stuff. You know, it's obviously amazing. Even bigger now when me and Nick go to the World Series a few months ago and people are coming up to us like you know like oh your show's so great people at the table talking about it like I, I love that stuff um, after the first year we brought in two more owners because uh, Lyman had left and we uh, like had to, he had to sell his equity and so we had to decide like who to bring in and so we brought in these two new owners for like a small share. And that's when things kind of got a little weird because now there's five owners. Before there was three of us and they kind of like trusted me and they're like, wow, like you're crushing it. Like we're just gonna let you do whatever you want here. Like, so the other two owners were at the beginning were just kind of doing their thing. And I was doing all, all, all out of the, in front of the scenes work, just, you know, the, the content and the, organizing the commentators and, um, you know the lineups and just everything right and it was it was fun and it, we were we were doing well when the other two owners came in now we had to figure out like what do they do like what's their role right who are the other two owners um uh jj and dan so jj's still there still one of the owners no. um well yeah he's still he's still, he's still involved whatever that's we don't need to get into that stuff but yeah he, he's still involved in, in the show yeah exactly the people want to know right so <laughs> uh i was the one who really pushed for those two to come in because I was like, this would be real. So the way I looked at it back then was, okay, we have this, the show's doing great. We have to bring in two new, or we have to bring in at least one new person, right? Who do we bring in? And I was thinking like, at the time we, it would look good to have an owner that has a lot of credibility as like a really good poker player. I was like, I know I'm not some great poker player who has some reputation, right? I like poker. I think I'm okay, but, um, nobody's gonna you know subscribe or or watch because they want to like listen to my analysis right at least at that time so i'm like it'd be really cool to bring in these two guys one who's a high stakes crusher one who's like a mid stakes crusher who just does you know really well in la poker this they were already commentating on our show both of them they're already involved why not just give them equity you know let them buy in and and the dan you're referring to is dan zach yeah so 
I, 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 oh, it's Dan Zach. Yeah, yeah. And I remember just, I proposed to them. Uh, I'm like, hey, like, this would be so cool if we brought Dan Zach in. Like, he's a, that would give us so much credibility, you know? So we brought them in over the other people we were looking at, and um, they became owners, but we, we weren't really sure what the plan was of what role they were going to have because we had this thing where it was like owner operators. So it was like, if you're an owner, you got to work, you know, because we pay out at the end of the month, like based on your equity, right? If you have 20%, you get 20% of whatever the profit is that month. Like that's how it works. So everyone's got to like do the, try to like do as much work as they can just to, you know, you can't just like invest it's such a little amount that you invest and you invest and sit back and collect checks. That's not, that's not fair. So everyone kind of agreed, like you're an owner operator, right? So um, we're like, well, what can they do besides commentate? They're already commentating, right? So we're like, all right, well, what if you guys do like some strategy videos and that, that's where you guys can contribute. You can, you can teach people, you know, put out videos. Like that's, that's what these are really good poker players. So anyway, just that was kind of the role, but uh, a few months later we were, we were doing really well. We were crushing. We started doing those million dollar cash games and like the games were sick and all that. And, um, it just, there was a lot of just animosity between us and for different reasons. And it just kind of got, I kind of felt like, man, like I feel like I'm now I want to do everything. I, 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 it's not like I didn't want to do all the work in a way, or at least most of it, because I enjoy doing it, especially again, when I feel like what I'm doing is good and like, it's making us successful, but I want, I like being in a position and this is actually, this is what's great about our, and we'll get to this later, but about our company now is that I feel like now, like all of the people involved love it and they all like do work on their own without me or Nick asking them. Like they just do it because they love it and they want to contribute, right? That's what, I, and maybe I just have like high expectations and I just come from like a different, like a business world where those guys didn't really come from a business world. They were poker players. So I was expecting too much. But I'm like, man, like I want people to match my energy and match my enthusiasm, my work ethic, right? Like to me, like if you own a restaurant, right? My philosophy is when that restaurant starts, you go in there and you're an owner, you go work as much as you can to to make that place successful, right? And build, and build a, a value. You don't go in and say, you know what guys, like, I already worked 30 hours this week. Like, sorry, like I can't help anymore. It's your company, right? You do whatever it takes. That's just always been my philosophy. Maybe some people aren't like that, but that's how I am. And so when, when there was people that I felt like weren't matching that and had like a different philosophy of just like, well, like, you know, I'm an owner, but I'm only going to do this. That's where I got a little frustrated and, and it became weird. And so after a while, after, you know, a few months in that, intersected with the time when we were just crushing it. Like we had all of our biggest games, the million dollar cash game. Nick played in the first one with Berkey and got bluffed off aces. Um, the, <laughs> the second one was just our biggest viewership at the time. Um, and then the third one was like a week later. Uh, this is in March now of 2019. And all this stuff was happening at the same time. And we had our biggest revenue month that month when there's million dollar when these number two and number three million dollar cash games happen. And I'm like, man, we're crushing. Like in my mind, I'm like, why wouldn't the other people be like, Hey Ryan, like great job with this. Like you're crushing it. What can we do to help you? Mm -hmm. But instead they just didn't want to do any, like, I'm just like, guys, like, I'm like, I'm asking if you can come in and do an extra commentary shift so that I don't have to like 
do a million different things like we're crushing right now everyone's making more money like step up so i got really frustrated about a lot of that and um that's when all that kind of started and me and nick had already been friends for a while because he was playing on the show every week um he started off playing every friday eventually he started playing tuesdays too um so you know we just would start talking and then i kind of confided in him about some of my frustration and nick eventually was like hey like i have a business background like listen like if you're ever if you ever like leave here for any reason like we could go crush it somewhere else and 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 just to refresh you a little bit how how it originally started and you're you're accurate is when you started confiding we started talking and talking about the business end of it and i was would say to you a lot of times you know ryan why why isn't somebody's name on this felt you know and you're like I mean, you know, and you'd be like, I don't know. And how come there isn't this and this type of advertising? And you're like, well, I'm doing this, but I have these partners. And it's like, we talked about all these business and all the, the revenue that was being left on the table and all the things they like should have invested in like the technology because they really had the market cornered and it was really not great. You know, the, the technology and the production of it, other than the lineups and all the stuff Ryan did. And he's like, yeah, Nick, it's, and he just said, it's just hard. I got these four partners and this one is silent and these two don't want to work and this one's this. And it's like, and it's just really tough. And he was getting more frustrated, more frustrated. And as your initial ask was, um, cause initially I gave you something to, to keep you going and playing and whatever. And then your initial ask was if I, you said, what would you do if it was you? And I said, well, I don't know. You have to be careful because if you're doing something you love, be careful. You don't want to give it up. But at the same time, if you can't do what you love, the right way mm. then maybe you need to make that decision but only you could make it and the initial thing was like if i would fund something like because like we got to know each other and like would i fund something and i said yeah i think about it and then what had happened was um i got in a thing where they thought that i was doing something with ryan and i mentioned this on another show and i kind of got like benched and they started jamming me about my phone and and then like then they called me with Evelyn and everyone on the phone they're like are you doing this we have to know if you're going to continue to play and i said this meaning, meaning you meaning and Ryan get a show you and Ryan yeah. separating yeah. and doing and i the told show. them the truth this I is said, after i left though right yeah no oh, you had no this no, that was all. No, no, that was when you were oh, still yeah. playing. Yeah, no, that's no, no, no. Right. This was this is after I left. This is when you were still playing on the show because yeah. you all you cared yeah, about is right. being on a play every week. So yeah, basically right. you're missing the time. So I, I I left in April, and then there's like a thing where you have like six month withdrawal period. So yeah, I was right. still technically involved till I, till I sold my equity, but they had six months to 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 buy it or get someone to buy it. Yeah. So I was still involved, but I was like backing off That's and not right. doing much work with them because I was on my way out. So they didn't want me to do anything. That's right. So Were I, you on your way out with or without starting another live stream? Yeah, yeah. So so basically, yeah. So the thing that Nick's talking about was between April and October when that period when I was still officially part of them, but I had already withdrawn. That's right. And, and, and that there was already rum, like they already knew there was rumblings and, and everyone knew that like me and Nick were, were starting to do this, but Nick was trying to like hide it a little bit because he, he all he cared about was like, hey, I don't want to get banned. Like, I just want to play on, the, on their well, show. No, to be fair, he loves poker. to be fair, and this is this is the, the way I know it, is initially it was a funding of it and that's what they hit me up about. And when they called yeah, yeah, me, yeah. so when they called me- We didn't me, really have a plan. No, that, yeah. that, I'm telling you, when they called me, I've told, and, and first of all, they jammed me about this because they wanted to like, 
get me in a corner and figure it out. Right. And then when they all called me, I'm like, I told them the truth. I said, Ryan wasn't happy. He asked me what I would do. I said, I would follow what my gut is. That's the decision he made. And he had asked me if he does something, would I be willing to finance it or fund it? And I said, possibly, but I would have to look right, at it. Right. Then when I realized what they did to me, and, and me being like holding that show together for two years or whatever it was and being loyal to the Tuesday and Friday game. I mean, I never missed. So so the last thing is when I knew that happened to me and, and, and then they were like, JJ was doing the thing. Well, you know, we got to make sure, you know, and it was just this big, like disrespectful thing. I hadn't done anything yet, but just but play. No. Then me and Ryan were talking and I'm like, let's go. I said, I'm yeah, not going to play like, there anymore. If they're going to treat me like if that. If they're going to treat me yeah. like this, fuck you. I don't want to play anymore and let's go. And we then decided we were going to go yeah. get a show. I remember, and I wanted to I remember talking it. about that the one day because we were playing in like the back room and I, I just vividly remember like yeah. that moment, that frustration. And I think that maybe, me. I think maybe then they started saying stuff like that to other players too about, I yeah. don't know. I just remember everything kind of changed once they knew that I was like after I left, but I remember I, I kept yeah. organizing. Yeah, Basically yeah. after I left, I stayed at the bike and I kept organizing private games off camera in the back and a lot of my players wanted to play. As a host. Yeah, as like they hired me as, or not hired me, but they asked me to just organize games. And uh, they they knew I was like trying to do something to compete, right? Like when I left. And so it became a little weird. They were trying to figure out like who's on Ryan's side here, who's following him. And, and they you know, pictured they, me and him as yeah. friends because we were, and then I got caught in the tune. I want to ask you, what what was it about Ryan that made you trust him and say, okay, fuck it, let's do this? Yeah. Because it's a lot of money to start a live stream. Yeah. So what it, what it was is that I saw from being there for a few years who was putting in the sweat equity, who was putting in the ideas, and who was trying to make this grow, and who wasn't. And I saw that, and that's why a lot of our talks started, because then Ryan, me having a business background, started asking me questions and confiding in me, and then we just became friends. And then at one point, I even mentioned this like a long time ago on our pod or somewhere, I, I, Ryan, I loaned money to Ryan to play, he paid me back, all that, and we just became friends. He became a close enough friends where I would give him 30 grand to go play, and then he grinded his way back and paid me back, and, and then you know we went through all this, and like I said, like, I was still running businesses at the time and and I wasn't looking for any change in my life. I was looking to play on Tuesdays and Fridays and they just started screwing with that. Like the paranoia set in and then they were like, they pinned me in a corner. I don't like to be treated that way. And then there was another couple times, if Ryan remembers when Wayne started taking over or JJ or somebody in the lineups, like there was like a special week and I couldn't get a seat. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. like. I, you built these games around me. I'm still a fish. What are you talking about? So this had to be tied to him. I don't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. And so that's when I, like we sat down, there was like a pivotal moment and I just said, hey, you know what, bro? I'm done here. Let's go. But it yeah. couldn't be just that they screwed you over. Like you, you can't just give your money to someone just oh, because someone else okay. screwed you over. There had to be something about Ryan's passion or what he was saying to you or doing. Ryan was the show. Ryan built that show. Ryan took the show from nothing. I always say this every time we're talking about it. Like me and him fight like a husband and wife, and we uh, we troll each other. And I always, you know, try to say he's like Which an idiot. Which one's the wife? I was just gonna ask. That. Yeah, <laughs> he's an idiot. Whatever. But but the truth of the matter is, when you get me serious on a subject, you know, Ryan was Ryan built that show. Ryan took it from where it was to what it was, and he could have taken it a lot further, and they could have just been sailed into the sunset. But they were too narrow-minded and lazy. And so the bottom line is, uh, what what made me confident in it is I saw his work ethic. 
I knew what he would do and I knew what we could do together because I knew one of the things that he didn't have was the the back end of mm-hmm. this business. The business mindset. I mean, he, yeah. it, he'd be chewed up and spit out by now, in, in fairness. And I wouldn't be able to do what he does. Like for him, we got I got questions for him on this, but like for him the, dealing with these personalities and egos and grinding this on the daily, trying to keep these and build these games from the ground up, that's not something I could physically do because I don't want to do that. That's my first thing. And the second thing is I couldn't manage those egos like he does because I got <laughs> too big of an ego right so he would he just knows how to play them perfect and in and handle them and then like i said on the other side of it side of it if somebody just sent him an agreement he'd just sign it so he wouldn't you know what i mean it's so, <laughs> right so 100 percent. i, I yeah. think i think that people like from the outside don't really understand or know like nick's impact on all of it and like what he actually does because all they see is the lineups and the you know all this, this the fun stuff right but I could never do this on my own. I just can't. Like I, I could. I need some. Like I didn't know at the time what I needed, right? Yeah. But uh, at, at first, I'm just like I need someone to put money up so we could buy equipment, right? Yeah, that was but, the initial thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. But but now, like once we got going, I realized like I could never do this without Nick. Like Nick does so much stuff that people just don't see and don't know about. I mean, there's. Um, there's just the business stuff. There's selling advertising, talking to companies. There's dealing with like casino people. There's, you know, he's making deals with all different content related things and things that like, I just don't have time or the skill set to be able to do myself. Like I just can't, right? Like Nick, like Nick went out himself. We had no advertisers for the first few months. We talked about it. All of a sudden, boom, Nick sells like seven ads, right? Like that's, I can never do that, right? I remember when I was alive at the bike, we, we ne- like almost never sold ads and we had yeah. people that weren't doing what I was doing. And I'm like, why are we not selling ads, right? And Nick's got a million other things he does too. And he plays two, three days a week and he still did it, right? Um, you know, there's things like just administrative stuff, spreadsheets, taxes, you know, payroll. Like I can't do that stuff myself. Like there's so many things that he's doing on the back end that are not fun for me. Well, don't what, put him in the tech booth so yeah, he also can't yeah. do what you're doing. But that's what makes it well it makes it work well is that like he's not trying to step on my toes. I'm not trying to step on his toes, right? Like he knows what he brings to the table. I know what I bring to the table and we respect that about each other. Like he's not trying to come direct. He's not trying uh, direct in, you know, like in the booth. He's not trying to organize the lineups. He's not trying to um uh, do like social media. He's not trying to like do our graphics. Um, he's not even really, unless he has like a really strong opinion about something, he's not even like saying like, Hey, why are we doing this? Or let's do this. Right. Like very rarely, usually he just sees it. And he's like, Except oh, when you great. went to the multicolor yeah, 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 cards, yeah, 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 I fucking yeah, 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 lost yeah, yeah. my mind. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like he knows our roles, like he knows that I'm he's like well we're crushing it so like i don't need to say anything like yeah. i'm letting ryan do his thing and i'm like well we're crushing on the business end so like if i have input or i'm like hey let's do this i tell him but mostly like he just comes to me and he's like hey we just made a deal for x amount of money i'm like cool awesome um here's the lineup for tomorrow. yeah and that's <laughs> we were inking that this week we're going into china with our with our content we got a big licensing agreement and fee and so we're crushing it so you came on poker after dark that's how i well i've met you before that yeah. But I interviewed you, you on Poker After Dark. You were dressed like Liberace. I thought about which, wearing that today, but I yeah, I really was. I was like going to text you and ask you where it actually <laughs> yeah, sparkly yeah. jacket. I could have. Um, but so you came in, and I remember you saying like, "Yeah, I'm starting up a live stream." It was before Hustler started. Yeah, I guess that it was, was like right April. before. It was a few months before we started. Yeah, and I was like, 
what is this guy doing? Because, you know, I had been working on Stones Live and it was like mediocre success. Like we would get like 250, 500 people watching. And then I knew Live at the Bike was like barely doing well. And I was like, what is this guy doing? Like, sure. Yeah. Like, nice one, Ryan. Like, good for you. Oh, you really? Wow. You didn't have faith in us? No, because I was just like, I'm sure it's not going to do well. Like, I was thinking about it the way that I had seen live streams up until that point. So then you come out with the show and literally you guys like rocket ships exploded, you know? And I'm just wondering from your perspective, from working on live at the bike and seeing other live streams and like you guys are, your ratings are better than like ESPN. Well, I don't know if it was ESPN or NBC that used to uh, run the main event of the world series of poker. You guys have the biggest, the most viewership of any poker shows out there. You're the biggest poker show in the world. Like, What's the secret sauce? What do you think from your perspective that secret sauce is? It's so hard to say in like one or two things, but I think the most general way to say it is that we have the right people involved in the production who know how to put a poker show together and who like just have the passion to do it. Um, I, I think anybody can just come up with the money to buy equipment and a fancy set uh, right. Anybody can do that. Anybody can just say, "Hey, look, we have this sick setup, and here's our show." Well, right? We know someone who just did. Yeah, but yeah. but nobody can match the people we have that actually love it and like understand poker, and that we know the players, and like we just we all work together well. Like me, Nick. You know, we have these guys in production that. Um, Kyle that's putting together all these videos. We have all these guys and we have new guys that have come in who just actually like believe in what we're doing and love it. And, you know, I talked about this earlier, how the idea of people coming and doing work on their own and coming up with ideas and being like, Hey, look, I did this and not being like, well, I'm only going to do this if you, you know, pay me this amount of money or something, or I can only do this this many days a week. Like, no, they love it. They're going home and doing so much for us. And coming into work every day with a smile on their face. We don't have to like beg them to come work. And they understand the create, like they're good at the creative part. They, they are poker people, poker players. And I think all of us together, we just found the right formula of people who love it. And also just being at a place like Hustler where they get it and Sean and, and, and his people, like they actually like are supporting us, right? That that might not be the case at any other casino, like, but at Hustler, like they actually they put billboards up for us. Like they're promoting us. They're taking pictures. They're putting out content. Like they love what we're doing and they understand the value we're providing. And so I think it's just all the people we brought together. We just kind of created the right formula and maybe got lucky in some ways. And, and um, I think it's just our group, you know, it's, yeah, we have a great production. Our, our cameras are great, right? Our set's cool. Um, obviously like the lineups are a huge part of it. Um, how did you but, get Mr. Beast? Like, how do you get these people? It's just all of this, the easiest way to explain is just networking. It's just networking and like being a normal human who like understands how to talk to people and build relationships. Like I'm not. Yeah, but how did you do it? No, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, but how do you get Mr. Beast? I'm joking. I'm joking. How do you contact Mr. Look, Beast? I, look, I, I'm not, I mean, I don't know. A lot of people out there don't know me on a personal level or whatever Nick does. Like I'm not fake. I don't like, I, I'm going to say what I believe. Like I, I know how to talk to people. I'm not like perfect or anything. Like I make mistakes. I sometimes piss people off, whatever. But if I do, I understand my mistakes. I know how to fix it. So 
I, I think I'm just like a normal person who like understands how to talk to people and build relationships. And I actually like, like these people and become friends with them. Right. And there's so many different personalities. Right. Um, you know, some people can't like get along with these weird people and poker and different personalities and egos. Right. But I just actually find the good in people. And, and I just, a lot of it is just building this network right over the years. So you know, I started doing this in poker and when I moved to LA 2015, I started meeting people. And then when I started working at the bike, like 2016, 17, I started building that network. And it's just about, I mean, it's not hard to get people that just love playing poker and see how good of a show we have. Like, it's not that hard. If you're like, Hey, here's a great lineup. We have a great show. We're the number one show in poker. Um, we want you to come play. Like, will you do this? Like it's, if you're a, if you just come across real and not fake, like it's not that hard, but you actually have to like build your network and work hard. So for someone like Mr. Beast, all it was was like, okay, I've known these people from uh, Poker King Media that's now WPT for a while now. Like just a few people I just kind of got to know through poker. They're poker players. I'm friendly with them, right? We start our show. Um, we're about to come on the air. I see that they represent Phil Ivey and Tom Dwan. I reach out to them and I'm like, hey, do you think we could ever get them on our show? They're like, Sure. I'm like, that would be incredible. I keep talking to them. We go back and forth. They're like, well, we want to see what your show's like, how good it is. You know, I'm like, hey, what do you think so far? We just keep going back and forth, right? Eventually, we get Ivy and Duan on the show. We build this relationship with them. They like what we did. Now we have a relationship with them. Nick starts talking to them, starts building a business relationship for advertising and all of that, right? We start talking about how can we create more content. Um, eventually, they're like, hey, we want to do a creator game where it's just like this small game, maybe like a sit and go. And we have like some Twitch and YouTube people we want to bring. And we have this girl, Alexander Botez. She's a chess streamer. I'm like, Oh cool. Yeah, let's do it. That'd be awesome. We have an open mind. We want to reach out. We want to reach people outside of poker, right? We're not just trying to bring these, you know, LA five, 10, 10, 20 players. Like we, we want this thing to be big. We want the big names. We want, we understand that like esports and celebrities and all of that, like streamers, like those are the people that really bring views. Like some of these guys are streaming and getting 50, hundred thousand people a day. Like that's way bigger than poker. So how do we get into that area? We always knew it was something we wanted to get last year. When we first started, I had heard about Mr. Beast playing poker, right? I didn't even know who he was like two years ago, but I heard about him playing and I'm like, wow, this guy's a big deal. He has like nearly a hundred million. Uh, now it's over a hundred million subscribers on YouTube. That is one of my goals. I have to, we have to get him on the show, right? Like there's always people in my mind. I've always said on different podcasts, I want to get Steph Curry, Justin Bieber, Kevin Hart, whatever. Mr. Beast was always for the last year, year and a half at the top of that list. Once I heard about him playing poker and I didn't know how to get him because um, I didn't have direct access to him, right? But I, I kind of knew it might, it'll happen eventually because he just likes poker and we have the best poker show, right? So now they want to do this creator night and um, we're going back and forth with them. Last minute, I, I hear what the lineup is because they planned it all themselves and just brought it to us and I hear Ludwig's in and I'm like, this is, this is how we get Mr. Beast. I know that Ludwig is like best friends of Mr. Beast. I know they've done content together. They played heads up poker on a stream before. Like this is our opportunity. I need to get to know Ludwig to make, to, so we can hit that goal, right? Yeah. So they come that night, a Tuesday night. Um, we got this this cool event, you know, with all these streamers, uh, Alexander Botez, Ludwig, Sakuno, a um, bunch of other people. And um, 
you know, so Ludwig comes, I introduce myself during one of the breaks. I come down and talk to him for a couple of minutes. What do you think? Do you like how this is going? You know, he's like, yep. Yeah, I really like this. This is cool. I'd love to do more stuff with you. After the show, I go down to the table. I'm just like hanging out with them. We're just talking. It's like me, Ludwig, um, I think Alexandra, a couple other people. We're just hanging out, talking after the show about how it went, different ideas. And I said, hey, like, I know you're close with Mr. Beast, like, and he likes poker. Do you think he would ever do something like this? Like, that'd be cool if the next time we plan an event like this, like we, if you could get him. And he's like, sure, like, let me ask him right now. So he texts him right then. Mr. Beast texts him right back. And he's like, yeah, like, uh, how about this Sunday? And I'm like, what? So Ludwig's like, he wants to know if you can do this Sunday at like eight o'clock. And I'm like, uh, we don't normally stream Sundays, but yes, of course, like I'll do anything. Are you serious? And all of a sudden I have that, weird sensation or as Nick likes to say tingling sensation where I'm like uh I'm like oh my god like is this really happening like are we really about to get Mr. Beast but it's like when these things happen at first I'm like this is too good to be true like let me just calm down first I didn't even tell Nick or anyone yet I'm just like let's see what happens you know the next morning um I reach back out to Ludwig and I'm like hey are you like is this really happening like are you are you serious and he's like yeah, like, let me confirm with him just to make sure. And then he gets back to me right away. And he's like, yep, he's in Sunday, eight o'clock. I'm like, okay, I think this is real guys. Like, I'm like, Hey, Nick, Sean, like, look at this. Like, I, I think we just got Mr. Beast for this Sunday. And so we immediately start planning it. And that, that's just how it came together. Do you, do you remember the three of us playing poker with Mr. Yeah, Beast? Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Because yeah, right, right, right he got there and, and he wanted to play. Yeah, and yeah. I happened to be there and yeah, just like right. randomly because I was in LA we'll for the weekend. I was talking 10. to you. The three of us go and yeah, play with Mr. Beast. Get to yeah, play we him, played yeah. poker And I was like, him. oh, this is so... 510. Uh, when I was sitting there, yeah, we were playing 510. I, I was like, don't act weird. Don't act weird. Don't act like he's like the biggest YouTube star in the world. <laughs> you know what's crazy real quick? I know you're going to say something. No, it's okay. So w that was like our biggest show ever, obviously, right? Huge deal at the time. I'm like a little nervous, anxiety, like, wow. Like, I mean, especially when all those people eventually showed up and I'm seeing Mr. Beast and and Tom Dwan and Ninja and I'm just like, holy shit, like this is really happening. Like they're all actually here. Like, because Ludwig organized most of that. You know, I was in touch with... Mr. Beast um, the day before and that's when it really hit me like okay he's really coming like he I, it's funny randomly this is on a Sunday Sunday morning all of a sudden my uh, I had never talked to Mr. Beast yet you know just Ludwig said he's in that's it I saw them talking about it on like their stream so I knew it was really happening but then I get a call and my you know how sometimes your phone will say who the person is even if you don't have it saved and it said like James Donaldson and I'm like wait that's Mr. Beast I'm like I'm like, hello? He's like, uh, hi, this is Mr. I'm like, wow, this is really happening. But anyway, so yeah, it, w um, it was really like surreal when they all actually showed up. But what I was going to say is, what's crazy is that, so we, I get there like super early Sunday, right? To, uh, to set everything up. I'm like, the, the game was at like eight. I got there at like four o'clock. I'm like, I got to get everything ready. You know, the crew's going to come in. Our, our production crew's going to come in like five, six, whatever time. And, um, when I get in, I see that like everything was off, like all of our computers. And I'm like, what happened? And there was some sort of like power outage, like overnight, which happens once in a while, right? Like just a power outage for whatever reason. So our whole control room, everything's turned off or restarted. I'm like, okay, like this is weird, but whatever, it happens, no big deal. So I turn everything back on, right? My, my goal was to get there so early to be so prepared with everything, right? Because this is a big deal. 
Um, so Patrick, our director, gets there a little while later. We're setting everything up. But then I didn't know that Mr. Beast was going to show up so early, right? Like he showed up way before anyone else. And he's the biggest celebrity there. He shows up at like... There's like three security guards, I yeah, remember. Yeah, he shows up at like five something. So uh, I don't remember if it was him or one of his guys or if it was Sean who called me and was like, hey, like Mr. Beast is going to be here in a couple minutes. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Like I, he's like, he, I think Sean told me... Uh, he wants to come and like uh, take a nap in my office first or something. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let me meet him first when he gets here. So I'm setting everything up, but there was still a lot more work I had to do. And then Mr. Beast arrives. So I go meet him and now I'm hanging out with him while he's getting his chips and um, talking to him. I go show him the set, bring him upstairs, show him the control room. He wanted to see that. Like we give him the whole tour. Then he says, hey, like, can I like play to warm up? And I'm like, uh, I'm like, I don't know if you want to go play on the floor. One of these games, like, you know, do you, if you want to though? Yeah, sure. And he's like, well, he's like, what, what if we just like play with just like us just for fun? And I'm like, if you want to play, like we can organize like a five, 10 game stage and we can all just play, you know? So that's when that happened. And so because of that, I couldn't pass up that opportunity. Right. So we all played and that took time away from me in the control room, making sure mm -hmm. everything's working. Right. So Patrick's playing with us too. Everyone's playing and we didn't really finish organizing. So now I left that game in the middle while you guys were playing. I'm like, I got to go get everything ready because we're like 45 minutes out from showtime, right? So I go to finalize everything. We got you know, this ad we got to do and the countdown and we got this and we got that. And, you know, I didn't even really test cards. We didn't test like... Um, you know, we didn't test anything. We didn't do a dry run, which we should we be... were sitting at the yeah, table. Yeah, we should be doing a dry run but we didn't because he's there and we wanted to like hang out with him, right? So now we're just rushing, I'm rushing everything done. Like the rest of my crew wants to play poker at the table. This is an opportunity for them. So I'm just like, all right, guys, like you got to leave in a few minutes. We got to set this up. So now we're like all hectic, right? So we go to, we start the show, we're on the air and we realize that like our stream decks that, um, operate the cameras like there's all these malfunctionings not working as we come on the air and i realized later it was because of the power outage the power outage somehow messed everything up and um if we realized and we tested we would have like unplugged and restarted the all the stream decks and the software but we didn't so we come on the air and patrick's like my like the cameras aren't working i'm like pushing this button it's going to this like i don't know what to do and he's freaking out and i'm just like dude i got so much stuff going on right here like i have to worry about this like you're the technical director. You got to figure it out. Okay. Like we have, I don't know how many people watching we're going to have watching the beginning, but you need to figure this out. Like I, I cannot do this for you. And the, the whole show was just like technical issues while we have our biggest show ever because we didn't have a chance to like actually prepare because he wanted to play poker with us beforehand. So it was actually like from a production perspective, from a technical perspective, I should say it was like our worst show ever since like the first week of the show and somehow we still pulled it off and did it to the best that we could with what we had like in, front of, of in front of in front of like yeah a hundred thousand people <laughs> nobody like noticed people yeah i mean live, i mean most right? yeah not many most people, people would, would, yeah but at the beginning we had like a black screen at one point we went to like the wrong shot we audio was bad at the like there was so many glitches but yeah I mean, 99% of the people watching are just like Mr. Beast and Ludwig fans who have no clue what's going on and they thought everything was cool, but we're freaking out in the back end because 
we have like we want everything to be perfect and we're having like the worst show ever we have to try to i have to try to make everybody like hold it together and i can't panic i'm like guys we're good let's just do this like we can't argue we just we gotta keep going on with the show like this is a big show like let's just all do our best and just focus even though things aren't working that well but yeah it's it's just amazing looking no back noticed. at how like there's so many technical issues and we just kept going. Yeah, and what I think that, that your original question, which I was going to say earlier, is here the secret sauce is is this. I mean, and it's a lot of the stuff Ryan just said, but to put it just in a different way, is you got the main people and every other cursory person in this thing that, like, I could just tell you for Ryan and I, like, when we would sit down and talk, our whole goal over everything was just to make this the best. There was nothing, no corners cut. We decided to put everything into it whatever his portion was whatever mine was we just like we just went all into it and we were like both wanting more than anything is to be the best so like it was really important for us to like come out really hot and just be the best i think it's surreal and it's it's, it's exceeded really even what i thought it would be because we have that kind of passion for it because the owners like there's an old italian term that says a fish stinks at the head whether it's good or bad and so like the owners of this and the people that are our core people working together like ryan said have such a passion for it and like everything is attention to detail and how can we constantly be better be better no one's sitting on their laurels thinking okay we got the best show let's just go party like everyone's continuing yeah. to like okay we got to have another deal we're going to go into china we want to package it for tv lines you know i want mr beast i'm going to like this we had a 16 hour show it's like there's this constant uh, and this momentum that that's behind it and um yeah exactly we love what we like we we love it we actually enjoy like, it we love, love it. like it. we look forward to working every day and come up with new ideas like every time we have like a sick show um we're thinking how do we top this what do we do mm -hmm. next but it's not like when you do it next week it's like well we're patient about it like in a few months maybe you know like because our, our show is still great every day in between right like yeah, sometimes we have a Mr. Beast game. Sometimes we have a 16-hour, you know, 200, 400 game with 500K pots. But, you know, we have five days a week. So the next day, we got to come in the next day and put out more content. And every day is unique and good enough. Like, you know, just because we have a show that had 20,000 views or this many views doesn't mean the next day when we have 5,000 views that that's bad. Like, that's still great. Think about where we came from, where we started, where we were at before, like, or what anyone else is in poker is doing. I mean... You know, other streams are having like some of their best lineups and getting, you know, whatever, three, four, five thousand viewers, right? Like that's like great for them. And somehow our worst shows are getting like five thousand, six thousand viewers. And I, I don't even get it sometimes. Like, how is this happening? Like people just love this. I, all all we're doing is we're just doing what we think is right. Like we're not we don't have some special formula, right? The, this is the cool part to me and the surreal part is like me, Nick, the other people that were involved from in the beginning, none of us were like actual experts that had the some secret formula or business plan for how to build a sick poker show or a YouTube channel. Like all we did was every step of the way, we just did, this is what we think is right. This is what we believe is good, right? And we all kind of trusted each other and we discussed things and all that. And we have all these creative minds that, that love poker and, you know, get YouTube and all that. But like none of us, on our own have built organically some 
channel that has yeah, a we ton all of brought pieces to it. Like for example, you know, we have like Ryan mentioned, we have a casino that is willing to not only build like the sickest stage and put that kind of money into it, but then he or I call, make a call or a text, and the answer is yes. Like we need yep. this. This is good for the show. That's good for the casino. It's good. And the answer is yes. There's no bullshit. It's just that. And then you have one of the owners who has like. We know we talked about this major talent and passion for this end of the business that he knows i had coming from the business background a production team and a production crew who was able to come in there and go okay we're producing all these different things now let's figure out a poker show and here's the angles and here's what and let's not cut back on any expenses let's do the best yep. and then like okay we want the best people and in our opinion like we went after the best commentators mm -hmm. that were available to us and we're willing to go get them versus just have like some guy grinding down there who knows how to call a hand down for free or maybe get him in a game and just trade and barter we just decided no let's put together let's get bart let's get tuckman let's get billy let's put these you know let's put these beasts in the in in the booth and do that and then we did this and so it's like we never put together a poker show but we had everyone who had a good component like i had like he mentioned the the business background so i have that i know that advertising has to be monetized we know how to monetize this we know why you have to be compliant this way and do this so that's all the stuff that i brought to the table knowing how to put those pieces together again ryan putting together like this picasso of lineups and and this production of and again that's the other piece when ryan puts together a lineup the players can depend on it like they're not going to show up three times in a row to some bullshit lineup that they were told differently and that's why like you know there's other places that now have put a ton of money into this thing and they just for whatever reason i believe that the people involved aren't as vested as we have been invested in this thing to make it the best ever i just that's just my opinion and when you put that kind of breath into anything in your life whether it's a relationship or a business or mm -hmm. any type of thing and you put that into it and you just refuse to be second, then you're just going to be. We first. also like over time, even before we started the show, kind of built a family of just players that we just like and yeah. they're just part of our crew. And this goes back a couple of years, like, and then and really got strong during the pandemic, I think, yeah. me and Nick, because we yeah. knew we wanted to do something special. And, but we had already had like a group of people that we were just close with, right? Like, we, I'd say at the beginning of the pandemic, there was like 20 of us or so that we, we talked all the time. We'd play casino, other places, whatever. Like, we, we group chats, right? Yeah, online. And, and then, yeah, and then online during the pandemic. And then it kind of just evolved. And, um, I think the difference between, and there's a lot of differences, but the one difference between us and other places, other poker organizers is that, like, we actually like these people. We're actually friends with them. It's yeah. not just us trying to like convince them to go play poker so that we could take their money or something. Like, we just want to put together good games, and we actually hang out with these people. So, yeah. you know, like we've had I don't know, like Christmas party or, or whatever party at Nick's yeah, house Christmas, and, yeah. or whatever. No, actually, no, it was before Christmas. But yeah, we we had like a party, and we've had like dinners. We've had uh, we've gone out to eat after we play or something. Like we do things. Um, we like actually hang out with them like we actually like these people and consider them good we friends. all look forward to coming together on that stage so, yeah and coming into that casino yeah. we, it's a brotherhood it's a family like we, also we really like these people one more thing i've noticed um it's the meme culture that you guys get like other places are a little bit buttoned up you know like poker go is a very like proper pr produced yep. show you guys have you know you guys produce a song for life is bleth 
and you guys have yeah. like people wearing life is bluff stuff yeah. and then never fold i'm assuming that's hustler yeah. casino yeah. gear and so you have like everyone wearing your gear and you've got like these cool little you know taglines that like other places yeah people don't. just like the fans and the players just love that stuff like they just think it's, it's cool and they love it like it's a movement they're, they're like yeah it really is like it's just all one big family like these even these like chat pros or whatever we call that's like another Shout thing we said like there's people we've never met and they feel like they're part of our family so when they come meet us finally it's like they know us right like we have this big group like a cult following and we have like all these players that play at hustler that come up to us and we have the players that actually play and they want to wear our gear and they they just want to be a part of it and i mean look at there's so many thousands of people that are just loyal uh, followers in the chat every single day no matter what the game is and and that's just hard to build and that's because of the consistency and that's because of just the fun atmosphere we create um going back to uh what nick was saying about the best commentators and all of that uh it's funny i remember just reminisce it's cool to like reminisce and think about like conversations we had and i think I, one yeah. time i sent you like texts that we had just right at the beginning it's it's kind of like a um it's like a, uh, in a way, if you ever see like on Twitter, like the freezing takes expose or, you know, that is old. It's like a, a sports thing where they, like someone tweets something from a long time ago and then they like show it to show like how wrong the person was or compare or be like, oh, like Tom Brady's done, you know, like six years ago or something like some reporter said. Yeah. Anyway, not quite like that, but it's just funny to reminisce on things that we talked about before we started. Right. And, and I don't think you'll care about me saying this stuff but i just think it's cool to think about like we would have texts right where we kind of had our plan but again it wasn't like a thoroughly written out business plan or anything like that at the beginning it was just like this is what me and nick believe we're is going to be how we're going to be successful and nick had a lot of faith in me and i had a lot of faith in nick and let's just do this right like let's just crush it and but even as we're like getting it started and and we're getting the control room built and all of that we just kind of like are figuring out as we go along, right? Whatever the cost is, let's just do it. But I remember steps along the way where Nick would be like, hey, like he would send me a text and be like, hey, are you sure we're gonna make money from this? Like, are you sure I'm not just, right? Yeah, and so, and to, to even make that even more clear, it, it was like, we both had the desire, the passion, and really the belief, he's, he's overplaying a little bit of the text, but that's okay, because I did say those things, but whatever, right? Like, it's it's true, it was no, like- No, that so, was just you being- Yeah, it was just- Being the safe guy, like yeah, the business guy so, who's like, hey, like, I, I don't want this to just be fun. Like, I know right. we're gonna crush it, <laughs> that's right. but how do we turn this into, so, because you knew we would have like the best show, of course. but it's just, but that's not the point. The so, point is, how do we turn it into profit? Right. There's no one else in poker streaming has ever been able to make it into a real business. How it went like is, is that, it went like that. And then there was, this was the added part to that we would discuss. And I would say to him, cause we were so, like he said, we're so different. We're so alike in our mission, but we're different. And I'm like, okay, yeah. look, just like what he said, I go, here's the thing. Like I get the art <laughs> of this, okay? And yes, we gotta just go and get it and get everything. But I've been in business for 30 years yeah. and I know that if you just throw spaghetti against the wall, you're only a, one piece is gonna stick and it's like might not be enough. Like, so it's like, okay, dude, slow down. Like, I get it. We'll spend as much as we need to spend. I'm good <laughs> with that. 300, 500, whatever. Let's go. 
but 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 slow your fucking horses because yeah, yeah. we gotta have a budget. I we I have to know the monthly overhead, like what you think. Do we need a director, a producer? How much are the comms? Let's yeah. put this together. Let's sit down and like plan this out. And then you know there's that investment capital, and then there's this, and then like we have to have an estimate if we're gonna open this up to a free model. Like how do we monetize here? How do we monetize? So it was really not a really good blueprint because there really couldn't be one, right? Because we had to it wing hasn't it. Been done before. No, yeah, That's and we had to wing it. But what we were saying is, it's like I had to pull the reins a little bit yeah. to say we have to still be a business. Because here's the reality. But that's that just your it, role. Like you, yeah. ha you have to because like if you don't, I'm just gonna like not make it too profitable. That's right. So yeah. like that's what I mean. Like if if it was just like me saying, yeah, dude, here's this like empty check, like yeah. just go. It might not have worked because like there has to be the business practices. I would have hired there. like John Madden and Marv Albert to commentate <laughs> yeah. or something. And so. <laughs> we just had that good balance of like, if you want to be the best, I get it. But if you want to be the best and do this for 10 years, yeah, it has to work. Right. Like the numbers have to work. And I even would say this to him. I said, I'm even okay if we break fucking even. For like a year or A something. year. Yeah. I don't care. I, I got enough money. It's just, we can't lose it's a lot. It's just that yeah. we can't go lose, you know, 30,000, 40,000 a month and just say, but it's okay because we have the greatest poker show in the world because you're not going to have it very long. Yeah. And so those were the kind of conversations we no, were that having. Was, that's exactly he'd right. He'd push, I'd pull, I'd pull, he'd push. But I heard you guys used to get into big fights. Dude, we still get into big, not big fights, but we get into arguments where like, there are arguments and then like literally like, he comes to his senses or I come to my senses and I'm like, okay, there's been times where like, oh, you're fucking right and whatever. And then I'm like, I think we've good? gotten better at it though. We're get, we are getting better. We like I think, I think we both have figured out, I mean, just like any relationship with reasonable people who work together and are successful, like eventually you kind of figure out uh, traits. Like we're closer now because we're working together so much, right? Yeah, than yeah, a few years yeah. ago. And I think we understand each, like how to say things the right way yeah. and how to like, yeah, we had some. You know, we're also learning. Those yeah, we had things. some yeah. communication because we don't. Our personalities <laughs> are not even close to the same, really, right? No, like we have different traits. But, but I've understood. How I do think. I say this to get this across? Convince him of this, and then I think him the same way. Like, because we've definitely had a not many, like a couple no. little heated moments, but yeah. like within a an hour, like we're good. Oh, know? absolutely. Yeah. There's never been like. There's never been one smidge where we never I've walked went to away, sleep upset or something. Yeah, where I've walked away even after you said we're good, where I'm like I'm still kind of not good, but I have to be good. I'm like we're good. Like we both have the ability to eventually, like I get him, and I think he's now getting me, and we just have to try to figure out what that dance is because we're so different in how. I we think a part of it is a lot of it's just we respect each other and what yeah. we're and what we're doing. We also both respect the idea that, like, hey, this is working. Like, we're crushing it. Like, yeah. why would we argue? Yeah, yeah. What are we gonna do? Yeah, like, literally. Like, let's make this. Let's be Van Halen and break up. I think at the this beginning. Not, yeah, I think stupid. at the beginning, if I was like, you know, like, for example, like I think at the beginning, Nick just was like, wow, this this is amazing. Like, I want to be a part of everything. Like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And if I was like, hey, but you know, we gotta do this to make this great or whatever. And he'd be like, well, but I really wanna do it. But I think at this point now he's like, all right, I see that this is working and and like, this is good. So whatever yeah. you, I would like to do a lot, whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. And I think same thing, like I like Nick is just doing so much like in business, like uh, I don't know, since I would say January or something, he's been like crushing advertising, making these deals, like doing all these behind the scenes things that people don't see and like, I don't even have to like ask him. Any, I'm just, he just comes to me and like, Hey, we got this, we got this. I'm like, okay, great. Like we're, 
Like, he's very he, yeah. he goes back to the easel with his paint, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. line up for Friday. So, like, it's working, so we un- both understand that, and we're just going to keep grinding and working hard. And, like, there's no, like I think you mentioned earlier, like, we're, we don't, we're not settling. We're not like, okay, we're here, so we're good. Like, no. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what the end is, you know? Like, we're just going to keep going. This is only year one. Like, uh, I can't imagine what where we're going to be at in year four because we're yeah. not. We're, well, we, I think we're going to be passionate about this for a long time. Uh, I have a feeling we will because I know how much you love it, and I'm having the time of my life with the whole process of it. I might need a vacation for a week at some point. I don't like to travel. You'll vacation under well, the desk of, I mean, the, saying, of like, the tech room. I need. We might need to hire more people so I could like take <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, so you don't need but, a vacation. You're good. Yeah, so yeah, I'll be there. you're good, bro. I can work seven You're days doing what you love. Who's a, I can work seven days a week, no problem. Yeah, were you going to be a lazy partner? <laughs> you know that quote. So uh, let me ask you, and I hope this isn't too obvious to the people watching, but I, I we might learn something new. Like, what kind of characteristics are good for players that uh, for the poker show? And like, what things do you see that are like you don't want that to be a part of Hustler Casino Live? Um, I mean, I think most of the things are pretty obvious to the people that get streaming. But I mean, one, you're saying just what am I looking for when we're yeah, trying to what are you looking player? for in players? Because okay. I think there's people who want to be on the show, and sure. I and I don't want to ask you like who are you who will you never allow on yeah. the show I, I have that question here he does have i, I have I that question like, w- who's one us. who's a player two that will just never plan her yeah, show even I, if they were I good for a show i don't want to point that, anyone out but that's no i mean that's you know those people bad. are i don't want to say i don't know that. anybody you say i could say what types of people they are oh you just want to say the types i just didn't know if you knew I mean, the type of people that would never be on our show is either like well the only people that like for sure would never be on our show is like people that me and nick just like don't like because they're like actual bad people or like did something to um like did something that makes them like never going to be in with us, you know, Yeah. like that's, you know, or someone that's like an actual like scam artist, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. that did something so bad that if we put them on our show, no matter how bad they are at poker, they would look ba- that we would look bad, you know, that type of thing. Or they like affected somebody else that we care about in the community, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. Cause we do care about the community and we want to, you know, obviously it's poker and like, you know, if someone's bad at po- really bad or really action or really great for the show, but they have this thing they did like, depending on what it is or the, you know, the, the effect of it, like we might still let them play because it's poker and like, there's, there's going to be some sketchy people sometimes, but if it's so bad, then, you know, we're just like, Hey, we cannot have this person on the show. Right. Yeah. That's really the people that would never be, but what kind of characteristics are you looking for though? So I think there's a few things that we're looking for when we're looking for players on the show, like new players to bring in. Okay. Um, I think number one, we're looking for fun action players that will like play a lot of hands. There'll be action. They'll put a lot of money in the pot. Um, they're not there to play poker for a living. They're just trying to like play fun and be in a fun environment. Yeah. Basically they're contributing to the show, contributing to the game, right? Like we don't want tight pros that are just like trying to make a living, trying to make a profit. They're not playing any hands. Or they're not talking. Type. They're sniping, so to speak. They're not talking. They're waiting for aces. Like we don't want that. We, Do you guys have a no headphones, no sunglasses kind of rule? Uh, well, no headphones for sure. Cause there's no electronics. Like nothing that's even remotely electronic can be on the stage. Um, we, we allow sunglasses. We thought about the beginning not doing that, but so many people like sunglasses for whatever weird reasons, like Nick. So. Well, because even <laughs> no, right these now, these lights yeah, are yeah. not even as light as ours, no, and these are prescription. But you know what I mean when sure, I mean. Sure, sure. We realize after a while that like we don't have many pros on our show, so the sunglasses would... Like, we don't want pros with sunglasses, right? But like most... We barely have any pros that even play in the games regularly, so they're fine. But yeah, we're, we're looking for people that contribute to the show and contribute to the environment. And so... How do you contribute to the entertainment of the show? Well, you're either like action and fun and, um, you know, f- 
fun for a private game environment or you have like a great personality, right? Or you have like a huge following where like you bring something to the table in terms of people that want to watch that person play, um, whether it's a poker person or an outside poker person. So we, we, we also want like influencers. So those are the kind of things we're looking for. We're not like, I, in my opinion, I, I think um, really good, solid uh, fundamental pros are a dime a dozen. There's a million of them out there, right, in poker, okay? Why do they deserve to be on the show, right? They're not bringing a ton of viewership. They're, they're not, like, contributing to the fun and action of the game, right? Um, if, they're, if they don't have some incredible personality and following, then, like, why should do you deserve a spot on our show? And I think there's so many of them that are similar, um, and that's why a lot of times we don't have a lot of those type of guys on the show where other shows might because they're just – that's not what the average viewer wants to see. And that's definitely not what our player pool wants to play with. Right. So, um, we have a great network of, of, uh, like non pros, business people. I mean, LA is a great area for that. And, um, we kind of just use our network to keep meeting new people and expanding. And, um, we just want to have fun games where everybody has a chance to win. We want every player to show up and be like, well, I can beat this guy, this guy, and this guy. Like, I have a chance to win. We don't want people to show up and be like, I'm the worst. I can't beat this super pro. You know, we don't want that. And and, um, and we want the game to be social. Um, I think that just the people we have make the game social. But I think also the fact that from day one, we made a, a no electronic, no cell phone policy also made the game even, even more social. Because what are you going to do when you're sitting at the table if you can't look at your phone? Well, you're going to have to talk, right? So, and then also we have like this great audio, the mic system so that you can hear those conversations and you're, it's like you're watching a reality show. So yeah, I, th I think those are the things we're, we're looking for in, in players and um, there's no like perfect formula, but those are the factors that we look for when, cause there's a million people that reach out to us all the time that want to play and it's hard to filter through all those people. And sometimes we just take a chance, right? Someone says, sends me on Twitter DM or whatever. Hey, I want to play. I said, okay. I asked them a bunch of questions like, what do you do for work? What's your background? How your poker experience? What stakes do you play? You know, whatever. I just asked them a bunch of random questions to see how they answer them. Based on their answers, I'll say, I'll either be like, you know what? I have a good feeling about this person. I'm going to give him a chance. Or I'm just like, no, like this guy's some poker pro who's just trying to like make money in our game, right? So give him a chance. They come in and I would say, less than 50% of the time are they like a hit where they're like, oh, wow, this guy's uh, going to be a regular. He's a great addition, right? A, but we lot like to of, a lot of times when I was doing commentary on a live stream, people would over-promise action. No, and then the they'd time. show up and they're like... Because like, everyone wants their one chance and it's like yeah. they know we're getting hundreds of requests. So how do, they, how do they get in? Right, but we give them a chance. Like there's five days a week. So there's going to be one day, you know, usually at some point where we have a spot for somebody, even though we have a lot of guys that want to play. And so um, once in a while, one of those guys is, you know, we give them a chance and they are like uh, a, a guy that, that, that sticks. Like, I, I mean, there's a bunch I can think of off the top of my head that kind of just connected with us and we, excuse me, we give them one chance and now they're just regulars. Wesley was one of them. Yeah, well, Wesley's one that just showed up at Hustler one day. And yeah, but he's kind of an example, right? Um, How'd you find Mike X? At Hustler. He just came up to me at Hustler <laughs> one day. He's like, he's, he was playing there and he's like, hey, uh, you know, I'd like to take a chance. And, you know, sometimes I'll admit, sometimes I look at somebody and like stereotyped if, if I think they should, you know, get, if I want to give them a chance or not to play in the game. Right. Um, I mean, how 
if you've never seen them play before, how do you know if, if you should give someone a shot or not, right? Well, sometimes you just take a chance based on your hunch, talking to them, asking them questions, whether it's online or in person. Mm-hmm. You know, this per- what is this person's personality? What's their background? You know, whatever. And you just give them a chance. And, well, let me uh, ask you this. Since we're talking about players and personalities and egos and who you have to manage, who, in your opinion, are the toughest couple of players to manage and why? As far as, I mean, you have to answer a couple tough questions. And, and let me tell you why. Because the people watching don't want softball questions. I know you hate to answer. But just, like, do the best you can. I mean, so uh, what? Like, like who, yeah, like, the, like there's... Who the easiest people are to manage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, are you worried about saying who they are or you just don't know who they are? Like, the toughest people to manage as far as like our regular players like for whatever reason whatever it could be anything i mean you can just ask i don't know you can ask me a question like is this person tough to manage and i could give you my answer yeah. but uh i can't think of like like i know who you're trying to get me to say but like i'm really not trying to oh, get you to say anyone uh, i don't have who, anyone in my who mind does it, who i don't know see we I, uh, you don't we have to answer to if you don't have anyone difficult to manage then let's i mean let's if they on. were that difficult to manage like First of all, if someone was that difficult to manage, you, if they'd you, have to contribute so much to the show to make I'm, it worth it for them. If you think I'm to, trying to get you to say Garrett, I'm not. Okay. Is that who you thought? Yeah, that's what I no. thought you were saying. Yeah. I, what? No, not at all. Garrett okay. plays Garrett every week. He's fine. Garrett is the sweetest yeah. angel. Yeah, I'm saying, how could you even What, what I'm saying that? is that... Okay, how about this? Have if, you if had someone, a tough time managing Armenian Mike when he was playing? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, yeah, so you yeah, see yeah, what I'm right. saying? So it's no, really no, not that's a trick what I'm saying. question. I couldn't think of who you were trying to... It's not a trick question. It was just like, because the viewers want to know idiosyncrasies. You're talking about joke bet? Joke better, Armenian yeah, Mike. So yeah, Armenian yeah. Mike, when he used to play... Um, That's what I was trying bet. to get you to yeah. kind of say. Oh, I, could, I couldn't even forgot about him, but yeah. he would like want to play all the time. He'd want to like have a seat no matter if it was last minute and just like... He'd want me... He didn't care about like, oh, I already have nine people. He didn't care. He's like, I don't care. You know, He, he wanted a certain seat. Um, he would leave early from the show sometimes. Um, you know, he, he would want so many different things. And... Did I like having him on the show because he's such a unique character and because he was like just a an, like a mainstay that out like, of his mind? Yeah, and like yeah. he's just even though people would complain about him, like he just I'm just like I know that he adds value to the to these games. Like he he fills a seat that we need to be filled. But yeah, he, he it became really difficult after a while. Um, but I still have like a soft spot for him, and I still did, and I still do. If he ever wanted to come back, he could play. Um, you know, we, I'd be like, well, you can come back, but you got to do this, this, and this. But, uh, you know, when he was like at his best, like his best personality, like he was awesome. Like he would show up in all our gear. Like <laughs> I remember one day he, he sent me a, uh, or someone sent me a picture of him. He was at the bike or no, no, I think yeah, he took a picture and showed me he was at the bike and he wore all of our gear playing in a game there. Hustler Casino yeah. Live. But That's dude, funny. he would show up to our show wearing a hat, a shirt a hoodie everything of our gear right without me ever asking um and like when he was in a good mood he was he was like awesome yeah um, but if he, he wasn't in a good mood but he, he was... wasn't in a good mood he was a little a little tough to deal with so yeah that, that's a good one um, yeah honestly i can't think of that that's many fair. people that are difficult that's good enough. like what i was saying is that if if somebody is difficult to deal with i think that they have to be well worth it or else they just wouldn't be yeah, playing, right? And so our media mic, I think, was well worth it, although sometimes we question that. And so if anyone's ever like, well, I want the lineup to be this, or, well, uh, you know, I, I want these requests or this seat or whatever, like, a random person can't like isn't going to just demand us, uh, I want this seat every day. Or a random person's not going to be like, well, I'm only playing if this guy's not playing. Like, 
you have to be a really important person to our games or to our show. And so the only people that are ever even remotely difficult are important to the games because if not, I'm just going to be like, yeah, of course you're yeah. going to put up with someone who's yeah. more difficult. Yeah. But I would say there, there are a couple people that are like super valuable, big characters, important to our show that are like the easiest people ever to deal with. Right. Right. And I'll just tell you like one is like Wesley. Wesley's like literally like, yeah, I mean these days he's like my select lineups a little bit, like just because he like understands the game a little bit yeah, more, but he never it. like demands anything. He never, like, he just wants to play all the time. If I ever tell him like, Hey, I don't have a seat for you. Like, sorry. Where was he this week? Oh, San Francisco. Hmm. He's up there for a week. Um, but he's like, uh, he never is like mad. If I say like, Hey, I don't have a seat for you. Sorry. He's like, okay, no problem. You know, yeah. he, he sh- like, there's never any issues with like money. He just shows up with a ton of money every day. Like, I don't like he, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. in Another one of our podcasts were like, it's the weirdest dichotomy. Poker players don't bring money to poker games. Yeah, but he he shows up with like yeah. if he lost two hundred k the day before, shows up with hundred k the next day. It's amazing, no issues. Like he, he never cancels really. Um, he like promotes our show. He tweets about it every day. You know he like always there. Like sometimes he's late, but no big deal. Like he always communicates. Uh, like he's always in a good mood. Um, I'm not saying he's perfect. Like once in a while, he like oh, I don't feel good, and he leaves early or something. But yeah. like for for how big he's gotten, and for how much he's contributed to our show, he understands that like our shows helped him too. And he's actually like people won't believe this because uh, maybe because people just see like the social media stuff he posts to get famous or whatever. But he's actually like in reality, like behind the scenes, is actually like super humble and like just down to earth. Like he actually is. Um, like I think one, I, I just thinking of going to conversation with him. Like one day I, um, you know, he told me early in the week, like, yeah, I'll play this day, this day and Friday. Right. And I'm like, okay, cool. So Friday's our most important show each week. Right. In terms of viewership. So we promoted him. We had the thumbnail was like him, Garrett, Andy or whatever it was. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, or maybe it was just, I think this was before Andy came back. So him and Garrett, let's say on the thumbnail. Right. And we have this game together and I don't have like on Fridays, a lot of time, I don't have like an overabundance of people for Fridays. Right. And so every player, especially the big name characters are like really important because if one of them falls off, I might just not have, I might be like six handed and yeah. we can't do that. Right. So, Wesley, this was like at a time where Wesley was like peaking in terms of popularity and he had committed for Friday early in the week. So now he plays like every day that week, we get closer to Friday and Friday he's like, uh, we're like a day before and he's like, oh, you know, I don't, I'm not going to play tomorrow. And I'm like, what? I'm like, dude, you, you said you were in like, come on, man. And I, I like really needed him because we just, yeah. we, it just, it was we, one of those spots. He was really important. He was a key per- yeah, he was component. Key, right? yeah, Sometimes it. it's not a big deal, but for yeah. that week it was. Yeah, it was. And I'm like, dude, I really need you to play tomorrow. Like, we already promoted you. We put the thumbnail out. We've been promoting you. Like, this is going to be a huge show. This was like one week where we had like a sick lineup um, like with him on it. And I'm like, we really need you in this game. It's going to be a huge viewership. And um, he's like, I don't know. I'm kind of tired, you know, whatever. And I'm like, please, please, just like show yeah, up. Please, even if, please. I'm like, now even, we find out how he can yeah. build these lineups. I'm like, please, even, please. I'm like, even if you're late, like whatever, just like play. Like, I don't care how much you buy in, just play, you know, just show up. I need you to just show up. And he like wasn't fond of it, but, um, you know, he was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll come. I'll let you know. And I'm like, I'm like, look, you know, I feel bad even asking you, like I, you've done so much for our show. Like you've done so much, you know, in terms of just like 
being here all the time, being loyal, like all of that, like you've done so much for us. Yeah. Because I have to like, I can't make it one side. I have to get these guys to understand that we do appreciate them. Of course. You know? Especially someone like that. And I'm like, look, you play in every lineup. I know that like you'll play in tough lineups, soft lineups. Like you're here all the time, Tuesdays, Fridays. Like we do appreciate it. And I really feel bad even having to like ask, like beg you to play. You know, it's just that Friday's important and we already promoted you. And he's like, no, 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 like, I get it. He's like, you don't have to like say that. He's like, you, you help me. He's like, he's like, uh, he's like, you help me out. I help you out. Like it's yeah. mutual. He like understood it. He's like, he's like, it's mutual, you know, like, like I help your show. Like you help me get famous. Like I appreciate it too. Like, <laughs> like you don't have to say that. He's like, I, I appreciate you guys. And, uh, he's like, I know you guys do a lot for me too. And I'm like, thanks, man. Like, I appreciate, you know, so I'm saying like, he's really cool in that regard. And people maybe in the public don't realize that he's, at, and I think he's evolved well, he puts a lot. Off, yeah, he puts off a different persona. I think like you had a couple conversations with him where you really got to him and got him to understand a couple things. And yeah. he really evolved as a poker player and a person. Yeah. Just, and he, I think he's been a different person the last couple of months. He's been way more yeah. humble yeah. and way more like caring. And, you know, he says thank you to people. And he's like very yeah. cool and just, doesn't really talk trash anymore and he's just kind of there to play and he's kind of like getting it. So, uh, yeah, he's one where it's kind of cool to, uh, but anyway, my, my original point was just that he's an example of someone that's actually been really easy to deal with, um, compared to how big profile he's gotten in terms of, like he's, he's one of the, like when we did the Ulster vote, he was the, had the second most votes, right? Yeah. But he's just super easy to deal with. So totally. that, I think that's cool. But I think that most of the people we have in our group are like really easy to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, they just love our show and they just love our games. And they want to show up every week. There's very few people to answer your question that are like actually even remotely tough to deal with. Yeah. So uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just uh, going to ask uh, what you guys see Hustler Casino Live being in like a year or five years. What's the projection for you? You know, I, we could say a few different things, but I, I think really like, at least this is how I think. And I don't know if Nick's maybe a little different, but we've, we've never had this discussion. Yeah. No, I was gonna say like, yeah. I, I don't really like come up me personally. Like I don't really come up with like a plan and like a, this is what we want to be. This is what we want to do. Like there's no specific goals. Like even when we first started, um, we never said we want to have this many subscribers by this date. We want to make this much money by this date or anything like that we just kind of do it and just do what we think is right and put together the best show possible and keep trying to think of new ideas of how do we evolve. Like there's no specific plan. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's even changing that much right now that we have ideas. Like I have ideas in my mind, like I want to get this person, this show, right. But when that happens, whenever it happens, it happens. Um, we really just want to like keep having the best show in poker and just keep crushing it. And, 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 and just, as long as it's a passion for both of us, we're just going to keep doing it. Um, mm -hmm. I think both of us have a lot of ideas of how to evolve and how to make it even better, but we're not like rushing to get there. You know, we could be on, like, we're never going to not be on YouTube, but we could be on TV. We could do something there. Yeah. Um, we could, you know, have like big business sponsorship stuff. Um, we could bring in like really big names outside of poker, but when it happens, it happens. And um, we're not going to like panic or rush, um, you know, because also if we hit all of our goals like too quick then what else are we going to achieve so you know i think this is a really long-term business and um it's funny like when we first started when we had like tom Dwan and phil ivy right that was two three months into our show yeah i'm like man where do we go from here like we're three months in and we already have like the biggest names in poker like what do we do next like 
Yeah. Like, is this a thing where we're just going to hit every goal in like a year and then we're just going to like, but no, I realize now, like there's so many things we can do that we haven't even gotten to yet. And, um, we have such a great opportunity with everything we have, like how great the casino is, um, you know, how great, excuse me, how great the people are that involved that are helping us produce this show, the network of players we have, the growth we've had in terms of viewership and all of that. I think that the like possibilities are actually endless. Um, no other poker streamer poker show has really had over like a certain amount of viewership or popularity, right? I think that we're showing that over a little over a year in, having 170,000 subscribers and having like consistently like 10 to 20,000 viewers a show already shows that like we can do anything. Like, is it possible that we could one day we could have a hundred thousand subscribers like every Friday? I mean, a hundred thousand, sorry, viewers every Friday um, concurrent. Is it possible that we could have a million subscribers? Like who's to say that we can't do that, right? It might take a year, two years, three years, five years. I don't know, but there's no reason for us to like set goals or set limitations for what we're doing. We're just going to keep crushing it and whatever happens, happens in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Do you Do you have ideas as to how to get it into the mainstream? Because that, I think getting a million subscribers yeah. means that. Yeah, I think Nick's, Nick probably has some ideas. Yeah, I that. can maybe give you a, a little feedback yeah, too sorry, on that we're question. Yeah, interviewing Ryan. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah no, please. That's okay. go no, ahead. This is the Veronica Brill <laughs> and Ryan Feldman yeah, show with Nick Rotucci. No, go ahead. Or go ahead. Valerie, or whatever Maybe you call her. Leave a little air in the room there. Don't get Leave a little air in the room, Valerie. All right. So, um, so my answer is a, a lot like Ryan's, and and as a partner, I'll never I'll never contradict him. I'll just add to it. Okay, and I get what he's saying, and because he's an artist and he's that's how he looks at things. I look at things from like a business focus, and um, I will agree with the fact that we are always going to stay passionate. We are always going to stay free. We are always going to do this for the love of it because I'm having like he is the time of our my life and um, but I do think that the iron is hot and because the iron is hot that is um, you gain momentum and the momentum we've gained over the last 12 months is something that you want to get a backdraft of and and continue the momentum and so for us and for me on my end of it what I see is that the Hustler Casino brand or the High Stakes Poker Productions or whoever we do that with, I don't ever see us not working with this casino. If we all stay on the same path, I, I think that we'll always be here. But with that said, our show, I can see going into other parts of the world. And that's happening now where we're making an attempt to do that with some agreements that we have. And we want Hustler. See, right now, Hustler. You're, talking, you're alluding to the Chinese market. The Chinese, right now, Taiwan, yeah. Hong Kong, uh, uh, different places that there's going to be where this, where our product is going to be um, put on display and going to be put on display in that language. And so because there is such a, you know, the United States is so big and such a great, uh, I mean, we love poker and there's, you know, um, such a passion for it. But at the same time, there's a passion for this in other countries and, and at least even to watch in some of the countries we mentioned, it's illegal. You can't play poker, but you can watch it. And YouTube does not go out to those reaches because in countries, you know, YouTube's not, you have to be a Chinese company to, to, to have any business. So, so you have to make relationships with Chinese companies. And so there's a, a bunch of channels there in, in different countries that I believe are, are hungry. Even now we have viewership from other countries and it's just so surreal. Actually some, more, I was looking at the numbers that 
more than half of our viewership is outside of the U.S. Yes, it's like we're only like forty-eight or forty-nine percent U.S. countries. Um, none of them are more than like five or six percent on yeah. average. But South Korea, uh, so I think it's Canada. It's Canada's two, UK. and then UK and South Korea are like almost even. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing I just South posted Korea was interesting. No, the, that's what I was the looking analytics at. that I just posted on yeah, Twitter has it. That's what I was looking at. So South Korea, yeah. and then um, uh, what's the other? Oh, Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's funny. I've looked at some of the numbers on individual streams, and I mean this obviously makes sense, but it shows you the top five each stream, and it's funny how like based on certain people in the lineup, those countries will pop up. So when Andy sure. pl- when Andy plays. Taiwan shows up in the top five. If he doesn't right. play, it's not. When Ruske was playing, Japan would show up in the top That's five. Right. If he's not playing, it doesn't. Um, so it's kind of cool seeing uh, those things based on people from other countries right. playing on our show. And and when, loyalty, but, yeah. when, but when this show is shown in these other countries on platforms that are not YouTube, that are only legal in that country, they are going to have commentary and everything in that language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's going to bring so many more people to the show because now we're, all cliche, we're speaking their language, but we're speaking their language. And so for the show, I think, in any business, it's like this. The more eyes you get on your product and the more demand for your product, the more your product's worth. Whether that is from a buyer, whether that's from advertisers, whether that's for an end game. So that's always should be your goal as a business is is to focus on that and then the rest comes you know we're going to be producing shows that we're going to be packaged for for tv and we want to we want to explore that although we are probably more passionate about the free youtube type of concept but there's no reason we can't be on other platforms and we are so the answer the way i'd answer the question which is the same as ryan in the same sense that we want to do this for a very very long time you don't know we couldn't have told you in a year that we would accomplish what we have even though we were going to try to accomplish something like this and we did it but this momentum and this backdraft and backwind that we have i think is going to take us um even further faster and with some of these moves that we're making so i our goal is is to have as many eyes on this show around the world as we can. The rest comes later. The value of your company comes later. The value of your advertisement goes up. The value of this. But if you just continue to add to the the, the, the production and to make that crisper and better and build your player bases and build more characters and have the best commentary and have this and you just keep building that, then all these components are going to fall into place. And then you can really just decide, like, do you want to just do this for the next 15 years and and because you love it and you we have all this that we're getting from it? Or, or do you want to, in 10 years, uh, sell it for millions of dollars, maybe and possibly still stay on and still do what you love? Like, that's the thing. Success breeds options. And the only way you have options is to continue to make this successful. So that's where our paths cross perfectly is that we're just going to continue to build the best show and do what we do with a passion and the rest will come. But as far as I'm concerned, my eye is totally on the business end of that and, and, and putting us in the position to have whatever options we want. Yeah, it's funny, like Phil said something we we're talking on the phone how many would like ask Phil me, yeah. yeah about like something about like oh well if, if they if this company or if this if someone offered you this amount right now like wouldn't you take it i'm just like no phil like the amount of money that someone would ha- at least is my opinion right like from my perspective obviously but if, <laughs> if, if like some company came to us right now or even a year from now and was like we're going to give you x amount the amount would have to be such an absurd amount over what our actual value what's is your right number now, that like, what's, what's your number? Everyone's got a price. Yeah, everyone's yeah. got a number. What is it? 
What's your number where you could say, nah. I don't care how passionate I am, I got, I, I actually got to do well, it. Well, he'll start another show with that money. I mean, no, I you can't. You get I mean, you could ask me, and would you? I mean, I just obviously would. Ha it would have to be like, like, okay, I'll tell you this. He's okay. such a politician. Uh, this is, this is he won't opinion. give us this the number. If someone came to us and said, "We'll pay you ten million dollars for your company right now," I'd say, "Hell no." Like, so I don't know what the number is, but like that wouldn't be it. I agree. That because, wouldn't be it for me. Because first of all, like I know what we're going to be worth when we're not done with this, but when we get to like the peak of where we want to totally. go. Okay. Yeah. And, and that has to be, uh, it's going to be a massive number based on our projection of how we've, uh, our trajectory of how we've gone in the first year. Right. And like, I know no matter what, we're going to be successful. And if we ever decide to like sell to some big company, which me personally, I don't have any plan to do anytime soon because this is like all I want to do. I, this isn't like, yeah, oh, but you're like 20 and I'm a hundred. Yeah, this is, I get it. But the, this is, this is not. <laughs> I'm kidding. Like, I'm in for the long haul. Yeah, you're not 20. No. I mean, you're not. No, you're, you not are you're like 57. You are a hundred. <laughs> what are you, 56? Yeah. 56? Yeah. yeah. But like, <laughs> I don't, you're probably older than that. But. At a zero. <laughs> uh, no, but That's seriously, the, like, in reality, like people don't believe it sometimes when we, when I constantly say this, like I've said this to Phil, we have this, we're having these conversations like, yes, we're making money. Yes, we're doing great. No question about that, right? Yeah. Because we're doing it the right way. Right. But that's not the number one reason why I, at least me personally, why I know you're more of like a business guy that I am, but no, no, of no. Why, why I'm we're doing on the this. same page. We're, we're doing it because we love this and we actually want to be number one in this industry and we want to keep crushing it. We want to keep evolving it. Like we love the idea of that we're crushing it and we can turn on the stream every day and see so many people in the chat. We're like, how are there so many people here? It makes no sense, you know? And like, here's our next big idea. Let's do it. And no one else is doing these things. Like we love it. Like we love crushing it and being so far ahead of the competition and we're going to keep doing that. That's why we're doing it. Like we love to have something that we're the best at. Me and Nick are both really competitive, right? Yeah. I mean, we're hugging sometimes and the very big moments, like when, like we have like the 16 hour show yeah, and it's, yeah. yeah, it's like, fuck bro. Come on. Man, this is awesome. What do you like, say you know your, what I mean? Like this is important to but us. But what do you say to your staff? Like, Hey, we're staying here all night. Like you guys buckle down. Everyone knows why they're there. And like everyone. So when we were there all night, like after a certain amount of hours, I just said to them like, Hey guys, like, are you guys okay? Like, I don't think we should ever like stop. But like, if there's a certain point that you want to like, just tell me and we can like stop. And, and like, basically we dismissed a couple people throughout the night and there was three of us left at the end, um, doing it. So we like stepped up in our roles. So we were, you know, I went and did audio and, some, uh, Brian went and did graphics and so um, but I just said to the guys that were left I said hey like we can end at a certain point it's up to you and they were both like no I'm not going anywhere like this is important this is special like they understood the moment but I said them to many times listen like we will if you guys don't want to keep going we can end it's fine like we can't do it without you guys but I, other like earlier in the night I'm like if you want to leave it's fine like like one, one of our guys was like at one point just started falling asleep. I'm just like, you can go home. Like, we're good. We got so many people here working. And then but, Bart stayed until his flight. Yeah, yeah. But then we had Kyle doing the, the roaming cam and then Kyle stepped up and the Like everyone understood the moment and wanted to be there. That's why, again, that's why we're so successful because those guys just love it and they understand that like, screw it. Like, we don't need to sleep. Like, how many times are we ever going to be able to have this moment where we're doing a 16 hour, 400, 800 game with these guys? Like, it's, but um, going back to what Nick said, um, where we're saying, yeah, like we're doing this cause we love it. And, um, whatever happens, happens. Like we're, we're not like trying to get to a certain value so we could sell it to a big company. Like that's not our goal. Like, will that happen one day, 10 years from now? I have no idea. But even if that did happen, 
I'm pretty sure if they offered us some absurd amount, I'd still be like, hey, uh, I'm only doing it if you also let me still run the show because <laughs> I, I actually sure. enjoy this and love it. Yeah. And I wouldn't, uh, no offense to everyone else in the world, but I wouldn't have faith in anyone else to do it to the same level, you know? Like, yeah. I actually enjoy this. Now, maybe five years from now, I want to, like, scale back and, like, work on more of, like, the bigger shows and the bigger projects and not be, like, in the control room 10 hours a day. But, like, this is something, I, like, it's not like I want to, like, some people run a business so that they can sell it and then start a new business in a new field, right? Like, a lot of people do that, right? Like, you had a, a tech business, right? You sold it, you went and did real estate. No, I lost it. I went broke. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Well, let's just pretend you sold it. <laughs> well, okay, for a lot of money. do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I'm saying like, there's people in business in general that that sell a business so they can do another business. They can do another business, right? Because they're just business people, right? Sure. Like, yeah. That's they're not always us. looking for the next. That's venture, not us. The next, like the next leapfrog. You're yeah. semi-retired. This is what you want to do. Yeah. This is the only thing I ever care about. Like, I never want to move on to anything else. Yeah. And so, like, if we can, we're gonna do this for a long time until we're both just like completely burn out that's the secret sauce yeah. that is that's the what sauce. it is we don't your, have we don't have an out exit plan like, the fire in your belly for yeah. this that's the secret sauce so yeah like honestly if some person came and and offered us an amount right now we'd just be like no that would just be a compliment though because we'd be like okay well we know we're worth at least that that's yeah. cool but yeah you know it's just it's not the I'll point give you guys 20 bucks for the show yeah yeah. Well, yeah. twenty dollars is twenty dollars, yeah. but you got to prepay. Is that like fifty percent stake? Yeah. No, yeah. no payment plan. Yeah, maybe there's some <laughs> like other. Over the course of maybe five years. Some, hey, never mind. Over I the course to... of what three years? Hey, yeah. Maybe there's some other streams where that's worth tenth of a percent, but not hey, ours. Hey, look at you, bang bang, hey, shots fired, bang, bang from bang. Ryan Feldman. Um, Ryan, I have a question, serious yeah. question. Are you gay? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Answer the question, yes or no? No, I'm okay, not interested you. in you either. Okay. <laughs> Right. He's genuinely asking because he thinks you're hot. Why is that me. question on the list? He was like, I don't know. It came Ryan to my is, mind, and like, I is just, a hot piece of ass. I just think, always wanted to really ask. Do you just think be, if I just, ask just him? because, just because I worked uh, uh, 300 hours a week and don't have time, uh, doesn't mean that I'm just interested. You work up in not a hot room with five guys. He, he, oh yeah, I guess there is. Nick five. has why alluded have I, why to. Why have I not hired any women? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so I not that idea. there's anything wrong with it. So either way, it's okay. I love you the way. Thank you for the question. You know, but, uh, I'm glad if I finally, you know, really, a lot of people were asking. Really hard any, questions. That's what was in my DMs when I said, Listen, what do you want me to ask these guys? That was like 60% of <laughs> if, what I got. If there's any women out there who, uh, uh -huh. you know, are young enough, don't have their tubes tied or anything, and they... Uh, they still they uh, looking for uh, a guy who uh, works <laughs> a million just, hours a week and might have a few hours uh, what on the weekends for a girl. Then hit me up. What let happened me to that little hot potato that we ran into during COVID? <laughs> you, I mean, she she liked you. Okay, then why you even ask the question if you already knew? So that? look, well, I didn't know if it was a front. Don't <laughs> don't start first dates by saying, "Hey, are your tubes tied?" That's just like the first problem. Well, so, yeah, but like, I'm just saying that's any ladies out there with their tubes not tied. Yeah, I'm just, just let me saying know. that I'm getting <laughs> older. I'm getting older. <laughs> Standards are getting lower and lower. As long as their tubes aren't tied. Well, that's true. As you get older and you're more single, your standards have to get lower. No, I just stay single. I just won't. Yeah. I just don't bother. Imagine if that was like on like a filter on the app, like you check that off. Like, well, can't have this, can't have that. I mean, it would be nice. <laughs> you can filter that. Dude, apps. I. I yeah, I, I, man, I, I've been like this for a long time, but I'm like so always career oriented that I like never give myself enough time to like have a real social life. And that's like the one part of my life that I, that I like, re not regret, but yeah, I guess regret or like want to improve on. But that is something 
the one thing in my life for sure, like I've gotten my financial situation together. I'm okay with that. Like I've gotten my career stuff, which always was like most important for me. Um, all of that's great. Like I have, you know, he just I'm needs a hot potato. Life. No, but I'm saying that is he the one part. Hot potato. Where, where is she? That I don't uh, give myself enough time, like on my free time, to to figure out. Obviously, it's something I I, I want to do, but I haven't um, I haven't put enough focus into it. Because Are you on the I apps? Care, uh, rarely. On what? apps the dating apps wow you are no, i mean I what's have your some, handle no i have some of them <laughs> on my little rip it doesn't know how it works they all come to, they all come <laughs> to him he doesn't even know what an yeah, iphone yeah, is like he just uses it to uh, to make no i like i like on the weekends when i'm not i mean i'm working so much over the week i'm playing poker a lot and by the way you need more than 10 million sale the way you dust off in poker that would last you like two years yeah you're right Go ahead. Go but ahead. Yeah, Tell on us the, more on about weekends, your... I'm like sleeping, I'm relaxing, I'm filming podcasts with Nick Rattucci and Ronnie Gabriel. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm like, whatever. I might go to the beach or I might, you know, go to dinner you with got friends. Bluffy. Or, yeah, Is I got my LA dog. Is hard to date in? I don't think so. I mean, there's so many people out there, you know, but there's so many ways to socialize and go out. I'm just saying before COVID, I did go out a lot on the weekends, like I, every weekend, I, not every weekend, but maybe every other weekend I would like go out to bars with friends and like socialize and hang out. And you know, it was fun. But once COVID hit and there wasn't bars really anymore, I just kind of, and then I knew our show was coming up. I've been like so focused and career oriented since then that like, I mean, obviously like I want to have a balanced life, but like crushing it on this is like, makes me the most happy of anything. So I've just been like so focused on that, that like it's, but so at a certain point, this, I need to. I this need to, business has been your right hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you weren't doing, <laughs> I can see why they you get along. It. If you weren't doing poker, what? What if like hustler doesn't exist? Poker isn't in your life. What yeah. are you doing right now? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it, it just was a passion, and like, I, I mean, before that, I was I was working in sports, and that was my passion. Before that was broadcasting production and you know I, I could have stayed at espn and tried to you know work my way up the ladder i was working on nba countdown i was a researcher there it was a lot of fun for a while i got i love i've loved basketball forever i got to go to the nba finals the nba draft like work with really cool people like that was so much fun for a while just you know like i would walk into like the uh, Cleveland or Golden State Arena for the finals with like Jalen Rose and Doug Collins and everyone saying hi to them. I remember before a Lakers game preseason where we were doing like the halftime and um, we're walking off the court and like, you know, I'm like standing in a circle with like Kobe Bryant. Like he wasn't talking to me, but I was in the circle. Like it was like me, Jalen, Doug, Sage Steele, like, and and Kobe Bryant. And he's like, like that stuff was like always so cool and surreal to me. I remember like after Steph Curry won his first championship, I took a picture with him and like, you know, like that stuff was like amazing. I'm on the court with like LeBron after uh, he won the championship in, with, in, with Cleveland, and like I'm just like standing there filming him. That you, stuff you was film the greatest of all time. Uh, LeBron or, or well, I don't know. You said LeBron is not the greatest. Is, well, I don't know. That's yeah, yeah. You probably love LeBron. I do I but, like him? <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, that stuff was always so cool because I was such a like fanboy. I loved basketball, and I got to work in it. Right. So maybe if none of everything, anything. If nothing ever came up and I just like stuck with that, then yeah, I could have been there forever. But it kind of wore off after a while for a few different reasons. But one was because I realized how hard it is to ever like make a ton of money in sports media. It's so hard. Like I was like, man, 
I could become a research manager. I can become an NBA countdown producer and what make like 150 K a year, maybe at best. Like, am I ever going to be like happy and rich and successful? I'm not saying that's not like, okay money, but when you're living in LA, it's, it's not anything special. And I'm just like, what can I do different to like get to my goals? And as I started, you know, I think what happened was I started becoming friends with so many poker people that I'm like, wow, this is not that much money. And like, I don't even know if I could even become a producer if they even want me, you know, I'm not going to be a researcher forever. There's no way I'm going to be happy doing that. You know, it's fun for a few years. So I don't know to answer your question. I mean, I think I would have probably stuck with sports media for a long time, but, but I think everything happens for a reason. And I don't think I would have ever reached my true peak happiness point if I didn't find poker. Makes sense. And I only have one more question for you. And I don't know if uh, Veronica has any more, but when you were coming up through poker and you were just getting a passion for it, do you, did you, or do you have a poker idol or someone that you just were like, they're the nuts as far as poker, who I admire for whatever like the reason. Like as a player? Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually it's, it's crazy because I think Tom Dwan was that guy when I came up in poker, like right. watching him on all those shows, like, I just thought he was this godly figure that was so cool. And like, I was watching him when he was like 21, 22 years old on TV and something about like how young he was and he just right. looked so young. No and, fear. Like, yeah, and just so no fear and just the big pots he played and the crazy moves he made. And I was like, man, this guy is so cool, you know? And he's so good and he's fun to watch and just, I don't know, something about him was like godly. And as I got more into poker, I would see like or meet every big name poker player. So like I met Helmuth, I met Negrano, I, I saw Phil Ivey like once or twice. This is, you know, I'm talking about a few years ago before I did the show. But Tom Dwan was the one big name player that I never had even seen in my life. He was like Bigfoot, you know, like, I'm yeah, like yeah. is he real? Like, I don't know. I've never seen him before. Yeah. So I never came across him. And he was always like my favorite guy when I was younger. And so when I had a chance to, when we had a chance to get him on our show and then yeah. he actually showed up that when I started texting him and then the first day he shows up and I'm like, oh my God, this is so crazy. This is Tom Dwan. Like, yeah. And now we're just like friends. You know? Has he has he changed at all as a player in your opinion? Do you think there's anything different about him than when he was a yeah. young kid coming up and his style and his, like what's, he seems different. No, he's definitely different. I, I think that when he first came up, he was young and fearless and he had all the money. And I think that he was so far ahead of the people he was playing with on those shows. Um, you know, and some of the guys he's playing with online, but mostly right. the people he's playing with on the shows, because those shows, at the time, we don't realize, like, yeah. we think they're all pros. You look back, some of those guys were pretty bad, okay? Yeah, if Even you look back at high stakes poker, the old shows, it is a different yeah. well, game. Well, I mean, the, uh, poker has changed. So they might have right, been good true. for that, that era. That too, that, that well, too. but yeah, also we saying. all sucked back then. So we like all did. we and didn't we're know we're looking who at it, it in hindsight. Right, right. But but I'm but I'm saying it's easier for us as we're better at poker. Yeah, because you have to look back the, the, and see who was actually who was actually better than who. You know what I yeah. mean? Like like back then, you know, um Yeah, I don't know. You just look at some of the pros, you can kind of just figure out like who's actually good. Like, you know, Phil Galifon was actually good, right? Like Tom Dwan was <laughs> was actually good, but he wasn't even that good. He was just, uh, he just knew his competition and, and he was ahead of them he and he knew how to crush it. it. He was just fearless and he made the right moves. He also ran good in those shows, but he made the right moves at the right time and he, and he just made those guys guess. Like, and I think he had so much, he was peaking and had so much money at such a young age that he just became fearless. Now keep in mind also, mm -hmm. these poker sites were paying these guys an absurd amount per month 
um, to play, and they were paying them to play on these shows, and so that helped those guys be more fearless. Like right. even someone like Mike Matisau or whatever, who you know was playing way different back then because of the money he was getting from those sites, and it it changes your mentality when yeah. you when you know that if you lose, you're going to get paid next month. So, but I think Tom was so far ahead of some, everyone; he was so young and fearless. And I think that um, yeah. So to answer your question, mm -hmm. I I think that. That's why he was so good back then, um, and he knew how to exploit those guys. But I think that after the online sites went down and he moved to Macau and started playing, something happened there. I think he started playing massive, massive games. Um, I think that um, he went on, from what I understand or what I could figure out, like he went on like a whether it was his money or he staked or whatever, who knows? But he went on like a massive, massive downswing at some point, and I think that messed with him. And I think after that, as as anyone who's smart gets older, they're going to evolve and realize, well, I can't afford to do this anymore. This isn't working. Like, yeah. I need to figure out a way to just be smarter. And I think after a while, he realized his image is his image from back in the day. Mm -hmm. and, and, and especially with those Chinese guys, I assume, he doesn't need to be crazy anymore. He can just have it and get paid. Right. And just like, like he's already in the games, right? So once you're in the games, you don't you can capitalize on your image because yeah. because those it's going to take a while for those people to catch up and change their game right like you got to be one step ahead, and I think that's what he ha what what he realized after a while and so now I think as he got older it, it seems to me like he he knows that people are always going to think he's bluffing so he doesn't need to bluff as much anymore right yeah. and now he just kind of like has it and gets paid and oh. you know but but he's still kind of like. I feel like he's not that guy that ever really like studied like some of these new age pros. Yeah. He just kind of is a field player figured out. He's a live player. Yeah. Um, I think that he wouldn't do well online these days at all, but he, he does well in soft games. Um, I think he's really good these days, not so much back in the day, but really good these days is socializing and being fun and friendly with all of like the fun yeah. players. I actually think his personality these days is awesome. Like I think he's like super like down to earth and which I find really cool just hearing him interact and talk with these guys and he yeah. smiles and he most unless he's like tired or something. He's like smiles and has fun and really enjoys the moment. And I think that uh he just likes playing a lot of hands and 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 um I think that he um isn't as good as these really good pros these days at all. Yeah. Um but well, it's all fun I, and games until someone loses a bankroll. Right. I think that know? he's just more conscious of money these days. Yeah. And he he just doesn't want the variance that he had. Like his variance back in the day must have been absurd. Sick, sick, yeah. But I think these days he realizes like I can't afford to do that. Like I'm 35 or however old he is. Like I have to actually like capitalize on my old image and just like yeah, sure. grind it out. And yeah, no, it was an interesting topic. I was wondering what you thought of it because yeah. it's evolved so differently. I still think he's really good. Yeah. But I like me personally, like I would play with him. Yeah. Like I don't. Yeah, like I, I understand. I think what you're he's. Saying. I think he's. He reminds me of like a uh, Andy. You know, like he is good. He's smart. He's really good. But he's not like this super balanced GTO player. He's like exploitative. Um, he's gonna get beat up by the really really sick GTO players. But he's gonna be like really fun and like profitable in like the the fun juicy lineups. Sure. And uh, I think that's kind of like what Tom is. Totally. Yeah, interesting. So again, I know you've talked to, to us about the secret sauce, and I feel like some of that has to do with your player pool. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that you're right. I think a lot of it has to do with the players that we have. Like we have a really special group of like really cool people. Um, we have 
fun action players. We also have just really good people with great personalities who like understand it's a show and they want to be a part of something special and they've been really loyal. And I think me and Nick are really lucky to, to have these people involved um, because they're as much to do with our success as anyone, right? Like look at some of like the core people we have, Nick, like we have these guys that have played like so many shows since we started, like look at guys like, you know, Ronnie, Wesley, Barry, uh, who else? Uh, Arby, Jeremy, Francisco. Yeah, Jeremy. I Francis- mean, yeah, those Patrick. Guys, Patrick, Eli. Yeah, Mike X. Yeah, Mike X now. Yeah, like, there's so many. Big John. Uh, Big John. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Santa. Santa, yeah. Like, those guys are there yeah, every week, yeah. and they just Johnny. love playing. And look, these guys could go play on other shows. They could play other places, other casinos, whatever. But no, they're loyal. Like, they just play with us because they understand how cool and how special our show is and our group of people. And like we talked about before, like we'll talk about, we'll just be talking a group text with them randomly about something not related to poker or joke around or something. And yeah. like, we just are lucky that we have like a really cool group of people that actually, you know, they're not high maintenance. They don't ask for anything. They just come and they want to play poker and yeah. they'll play on well, Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, very whatever. family You, yeah, you, cu- you, you mentioned this earlier, Ryan. I mean, this is, this cultivate like we cultivated this, but organically. And, you know, during, during COVID we were playing online and we would play online every single day with these names we just mentioned. And we would talk and text in the thing and do the voice thing and play hands. And then we got together when the casinos still weren't like down to be open, we would play together in our own games and the truth of the matter is and and I mean this I there's nothing I've said on this show that I've met more than this is I know this is how you feel about it and how I feel about it these people legitimately are my friends I consider them my friends a form of like a a fun family in uh, poker family like when I come to play or come to the casino I am legitimately the names you we just mentioned I'm legitimately looking forward to seeing them, to talking with them. And I know you feel this way too. I legitimately care about them. Like I want everyone to have fun. And, and you know, of course we're all businessmen and these guys all have money. No one's in there on their last, you know, on their last buy-in. But I want, like, I really do. I want them all to be like, okay. And like who win this week, whatever. And just move it around because like these are good people that even after this is over, I hope that yeah. most of the names we mentioned remain friends. And so they know that. They feel that. They know that we give a shit about them. We, they know that when we tell them something, we mean it and we're going to do it. So that's the difference between like when I think the question was asked earlier, like, but why us? Why will, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you're right. Like at the beginning when we're putting all this sweat equity and money into it, you're like, God, I just hope this meshes. But it, it was so clear and obvious and it just happened. Yeah, you know? I, I think like when you're like actually friends with people and you're good people and you have a good relationship with them, like you have no problem contributing to your friend's business, right? Like they know we're, they just want to play poker, right? But they yeah. also know that they're coming to contribute to our show and help our business and yeah. that they actually like that us, right? That supports Like they're us. not asking for something. They're just asking for us to like let them play. Like if you have a friend who opens a restaurant and you like the food, you're going to go support that restaurant and eat the food there instead of eating the food somewhere else because you like the, you're friends with the person, you're supporting yeah. the business and you like the product, right? And you're going to hang out there all the time. And so that's kind of like how it is. I remember uh, just thinking back on some cool things. Like I remember when I first uh, left Live the Bike and people started hearing about it. And I just remember a few of those guys, like I remember vividly, like Israeli Ron, Jeremy, Dennis, like they would all come up to me like and be like, hey, I got your back. Like wherever you go, if you do a show somewhere else, like 
I'm with you. Like, mm-hmm, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. And they, there was a bunch of those guys that said that before the pandemic, during the pandemic. And that was like a really cool thing for me when I was going through that, um, where I was leaving there and, and taking this big risk. And me and you had first started talking about like meeting with other casinos and all of that. Yeah. And I'm like, that's where I was like, I have the, the, um, confidence that we're going to crush it because we know that like we have and, and you had been already friends with like a lot yeah, of these guys yeah. too from playing the tuesday friday games. yeah like we have a lot of these players are just i just know they're going to follow us and they're because they they like us as people and they they yeah. know that we're doing this from like a uh, pure perspective um there's no like ulterior motive we're just trying to like build a family and have fun games so i thought that was really cool when they all kind of came up to us and were like we're, we're gonna follow you we got your back. Like we're there no matter what. And I think the loyalty and the, uh, and the friendship of this group and the camaraderie and like, they're not just friends with us. They're all friends with each other. Like yeah. they love hanging out. The best example of that is like when we do Saturday games sometimes yeah. and like we those guys food. just show up and we order food. Like it's just, it's awesome. Like they all just want to hang out and, you know, nobody's like upset that this person beat them in a hand or this one played a hand like this or whatever. Like they just love being in the social environment, you yeah. know, a bunch of guys together. This like year's uh, party that we should have at my house again. Cause I think it played well. Right. Yeah. Don't you? I think it's going to be sick cause it's even going to be better this yeah. time. Cause now we're into it a year. We got all these other players that I know, uh, you know, that weren't with us even when we had that, that will be there. And I think it's going to be sick and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. If I ever, Hopefully. Maybe I'll cook again too. Knock on wood, but if I ever get married, which I better at some point once I have time to... uh it's legal here. Do that, yeah. yeah. Shut up. You're what? such a dick. Oh, anyways. <laughs> no, but it's going to be hard. You're such a dick. It's going to be hard to like, a lot of these guys are like actual friends. So it's one of those things where it's going to be hard to like, be like, man, like who do I actually invite? Like there's going to be so many people where I'm like, just I like, I like these hustler. guys. These guys are yeah. fun. I know. Just live Dude, stream Let's marry your you hustler right on the stage, right under the crown. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a kind Why of like not? a gazebo. Yeah, I'll officiate. It well, does look like a, yeah. a wedding thing. I yeah. got a gift yeah. of gab. I can walk and then us we'll, through this. We'll run a twenty five fifty right yeah. after. Yeah, and then we'll just we'll bust out in the three games. Could you must imagine moves. if like <laughs> yeah. like what like two must the moves the dance in the main floor game. and everyone's playing poker. Like the tables are actual. Po- we wow, have that's to draw. A great we idea. have to draw for the main. You know game. how like you, they'll make like the things on the table and yeah, yeah like design yeah. Like, <laughs> they'll all be actual poker tables like every single table with names of where you're seated but not to eat but to play yeah. You that guys want the it. chicken or the beef? Uh, Hurry up and eat because uh, we're dropping in like 15 minutes. Yeah, chips. We got Louis there like walking around. It's Louis Tito getting <laughs> chips. In a tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my, my God. God. That would be amazing. Hey, maybe. Band performing on the stage while That's they're all it. playing. I love it. It'd be like, it's like a turn, like a multi-table tournament and then you make it to the feature table, to the wedding table for the final table. <laughs> and then the prize is you get to, you get cake smashed in your face or something. I don't know. <laughs> You're up in the control booth making sure everything's going yeah, well. Yeah, somehow I got married but yet Nick's like you you're gotta working. go upstairs and you're produce. Yeah, right, you're you're, who's on camera? Kissing babies yeah. downstairs, playing in all the soft games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. <laughs> Too funny. Uh, yeah. Too but funny. no, it is, it is cool. Like the players that we have, are, yeah. we're really lucky to have these, uh, these people involved. Like they're as big of a part of this as anyone. Yeah. Okay. Val. I think we've. Uh, I think we wrapped it. We got a we got a lot out of you. Well, little rip. 
You, uh, you, no, really, you answered a lot of questions. Appreciate it. We, this is probably our longest show ever. We're over two uh, hours, but we needed it. So interesting. Should we take a break and go another two hours? Or? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down for another two hours. I think yeah. the viewers are really going to enjoy this. Yeah, because, you know, some people have heard bits and pieces of this from other podcasts, different things, but yeah. now our following is following us and following this. And I think that just like, uh, just like Veronica said, I, I believe that they are going to be really interested in all these components, all the way from when we started this conversation and the building blocks to where we are now. So uh, a lot of the people that go on to the um, comments are just like thrilled that we're, we're kind of unveiling like the back end of like the players yeah. and all the shit we're doing and the questions they have that no one really knows the answer. And I think it's funner and more entertaining for someone to watch and really know the backstory and know the players and know that. So, so thanks for yep. coming in. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks uh, for having me. And, uh, I will say that we we are going to have some like big things coming. Um, I have an idea for something big that we want to do soon that you don't even know about. So we're going to talk about that after the show. But I love it. Yeah, you said we had to have a little talk yeah. after oh. the show. We have to catch up. Big yeah. things coming soon. Yeah. Can is you give us a hint? Is there at something least? Valerie is going to be in no, on, just, or is it's it's just an, me it, and you in the corner? No, no, I'm just talking about like our next big thing that I want. I know what you're talking I want to do on the show, and I give oh, us a hint. Right, give us yeah. a hint. <laughs> uh, just say like uh, it's an idea that we're going to discuss of something big that we'll do on the show that has never been done in poker yeah. before okay and because how do you get how do you top the mr beast game how do you top of this 16 hour show with all these 500k pots well we're just gonna keep figuring out ways to top it and totally and that's that's like uh yeah that's the fun of this and kim kardashian's coming to play on a friday that won't top what we just did <laughs> that'll bottom it yeah okay <laughs> um <laughs> anyways before this goes too far downhill this is the Nick Fertucci Show. We are here with Little Rip Ryan Feldman and Valerie, a.k.a. Veronica Brill. I am Nick Fertucci. This is the Nick Fertucci Show and Envy Out.